Welcome back to the eighth episode of the Two Bros Talking Sports podcast. We are in a world where Kansas football is 4-0, Syracuse football is 4-0. Got some interesting stuff going on here. Uh, week three of NFL is just about up. We got a very exciting game going on right now the New York Giants and Dallas Cowboys. I believe it is 6-3 at half. Just as exciting as Sunday Night Football. We'll get into that game later. Uh, Michael, anything you want to start off with? Yeah, uh, it seems like at the beginning of the season, defenses um, are really like overtaking the offense. But as the as the season goes on, it seems to catch up. It's not catching up right now. The defense, like there's just some bad offense right now, and I don't know if it's um, teams taking taking. Um, you know, the playbook of the Packers where they're not playing in any of the preseason games is just taking so long to get acclimated or what, but it is just, it's hard football to watch right now. Yeah, I've heard a lot of saying about, like, with new coaches, how hard it is to learn a new offense. I mean, you look at Rodgers even a couple of years ago when LaFleur first came in, it took him a year to get the, the offense down. Yep. So you have a lot of veterans going to new places, which I could have a part in it. We're going to hear about quarterbacks that that are in a new uh, in a new system yeah. or or uh, you know like Justin Fields like this is his, probably what his third offensive coordinator it, in the last three years he sucks no, just like something like that like it's just um, you know stuff like that but I don't know. So. Anyways, we'll move right in here. Uh, we have a special guest with us tonight, uh, Carter. He's a longtime friend of mine. We uh, we've been playing sports together since we were in about third grade. Michael, the old man, was actually our coach for about four years in basketball. Yeah. Carter, go ahead. Tell us who you cheer for and why you love sports. Hey, guys. Uh, excited to be here. Um, like you said, my name's Carter. Big, big, long-time Viking fan. So coming off of a huge W yesterday, so I'm feeling good. Worst part about him, by the way. Worst part about him, Vikings fan. <laughs> uh, you know, it might have taken a couple years off my life, but it was, it was a good win for the Vikings yesterday. Um, Red Sox fans, uh, I believe they just got – Mathematically eliminated. They did, yeah. A couple days here. Yeah. So good roster, but uh, didn't work out for them this year. But That's yeah, all right. You got some. You got them. some more titles than the than the Brewers, right? Like you're you're fine. You can a down year ain't gonna hurt anybody. Took them a hundred years to right. do it, but they got there. Right. But no, I'm excited to be here with you too and talk some sports. I told them I got home from my golf outing day and wrote down a whole page worth of notes. So. I'm excited to get going here. That's yeah, Carter. Carter is a, a loyal listener to the Two Bros Talking Sports podcast. So, excuse me. Uh, we definitely knew we had to get him on here, and we'll we'll for sure get some other people on here. But Carter, congratulations! You are our first guest on the Two Bros <laughs> Talking Sports podcast. Well done. Uh, we'll uh, we'll go in. I'm excited. We'll go into some house cleaning baseball stuff here, uh, real quick. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of baseball because we're going to. It's going to be more football today, obviously, with football season being a full swing, but. Albert did reach 700. That was a discussion on the last pod. Uh, he actually he didn't waste any time getting to 700. No, he he hit 6 699. I believe the next at bat he hit 700. Back to back. Yeah, he, uh, back to back. he he's letting the fan keep the ball. Said you know balls and memorabilia and all there that stuff should be for fans. So That's pretty cool. we'll see if that changes. Uh, but any any thoughts on the machine, Albert? I mean, for him, <clears throat> it's pretty awesome that it you know that 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 feat was was reached and that milestone was was talking about. I think that was a perfect way we were talking with some buddies about <clears throat> records and things like that um, with Judge with the 61 and everything. And I think we were talking about 700 being the record. And it's not a record, but it is a milestone um, that, you know, there's four guys that have done it. 
So, um, you know, pretty cool for him. Deep down inside, I was hoping he hit 700, so now he retires, so I don't have to deal with him anymore as Brewers fans. So, um, you I, know, I, I, will, I will say one thing about the judge thing that pisses me off. I am sick and tired of my sports that I'm watching getting interrupted. Or every time he's up to bat, ESPN's yeah. got to send me notification of yeah. every single pitch. It's a little annoying, but... Uh, that's that's the that's New York media. Exactly. You wonder why I don't like the Yankees and when I don't like the, the Mets. That's the New York media right there. I don't need that bullshit put down my throat. I don't need it. If I want to search it out, I will. As I told you in the chat last week, no, no New York media, no ESPN. So, that that I don't uh, that I don't agree with. It was in Bristol, Carter, Connecticut. You are not a New York. you're a Red Sox fan. How do you what do you think of Aaron Judge, the the Albert stuff, all that? Well, you know, I I, I just wanted to add one thing about the baseball. You guys, I mean, that that fan is going to get some sort of offer that's going to entice him to give up that baseball. I mean, that's part of baseball history. I mean, any sort of money that they offer, I mean, there's got to be an offer coming that way. Don't you don't you guys think? I mean, I think everybody's got a number. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I heard on Dan Patrick the other day too. Everybody's you got know, a number. It's it's like live golf. Everybody's got a number, right? Everybody's yeah. got a number. I mean, and, and, and to add about Aaron Judge, I mean, I didn't realize this until I looked it up not too long ago. Aaron Judge is thirty years old. Yeah, he's guy, he's he, old. He, he hasn't older. been around too long, and I mean, obviously he's playing this in a contract year, and he's going to get a massive deal. But I mean, you're not. I, don't, I feel like we can't even talk Juan Soto numbers here. I mean, the guy's thirty. That yeah. Just blew my mind when when I figured out he was thirty years old. Well, I don't even think he hit the bigs until he was twenty. Twenty five. Twenty four. It wasn't twenty three. It was like twenty five. Maybe even twenty six. Right. Yeah. And, um. And if those yeah, if those boys in pinstripes don't pay him his money, you better watch out for those socks. They, they <laughs> they go pony. Go pony well, up. The, you the, can see him in and over the monster, right? The 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 interesting thing with <laughs> exactly, he yeah, he'd be hitting hitting single lasers off that thing because he hit it so hard. Uh, so Aaron Judge came up in 2016. He was 24, played 27 games a year. So his first full year, he was an All Star. He's 25, but. The, the other 16? 2016. He's been up since 2016, but 2017 was his first full year. Okay, but that 20. Okay, so um, 2020. Okay, the, the other interesting thing about Judge being in this contract year, he's in the same year that Albert was when he got his massive contract with the Angels. Nobody's yeah. gonna pay like that anymore. No, being so old, but Judge's gonna get his money. I mean, he's even on triple crown watch. Well, as we well. talked about. He's probably gonna get six, seven year deal, and it won't be time. And and it's gonna be uh, a bigger. You know, it's it's it, the the length of the deal. We're talking six, seven years, but the more majority of the money is going to be in that first three to four years, and then kind of taper off. Would you think? I mean, a lot of teams like to back end it towards the end, and they like to build, and then as he gets older, they they pay him more. Yeah, but, but you're, you're I, not doing that on a thirty-year-old. I agree with you, but that's what you see a lot of contracts being. Right, right. Um, well, I get that on a twenty-year-old, but yeah. Right. Another thing you got to think about is Aaron Judge is what six eight. I mean, he's a big dude. Yes. Yeah. Will his body ever start to break down? I mean, well, it's a lot of stress on a big dude playing, you know, day in and day out. I mean, he's got to be in the hundred and fifty games range for the year. Six seventy, six seven two eighty. Yeah. I think now that now that he can go uh, in either league and be a DH that if helps. he needs to, yeah. that obviously helps. But yeah, the, 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 his size, 6'7", 280, that's Zion right there. Yep. That's yep. Not, that, you know, not body type, 
obviously, because uh, Judge is like a chiseled Greek god, whereas Zion has a little, you know, little flab around the around the waist. But yeah, I saw a picture of him today. He looks he, he looks he looks better. That's Zion good. does. That's good. I hope um, he's down in the two fifty five range. Some some quick other things. Baseball. The the Guardians clinched yesterday the AL Central. They're the youngest team in baseball. Carter, that's your old manager, uh, Francona over there. So. Yep. Job so, so good for the Guardians. Uh, and then just locally, the the Brewers open up a series, a two game series against the Cardinals tomorrow. Yeah. They're one and a half games back. Um, it, Doesn't get any, like we we've said it for for how long now? They got to enter. Like it's it's do or die now. Like right? I mean, we're you got ten games left in the season. I believe nine, nine games left in the season. It's got to happen. And you think nine? There's a game and a half in nine. You could go seven and two. The other team can go five and four. Like you got to play some good baseball that final nine. Because there's, there's, there's not a one sixty three anymore, so it's all tiebreakers. And, and, and are they behind in both tiebreakers? Did I, I read that? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, with with that, that'll be our little baseball spiel. We always somehow we find a way to push it out to ten minutes, but we did. Uh, we'll move on to the Presidents Cup. Michael's got a lot to say about that. Uh, Carter and I will sprinkle in some stuff there. We'll move on to the Presidents Cup here. Okay, President's Cup, let's take a look. Uh, final was 17.5 USA, 12.5 international. Um, you know, the way it started, they played five matches on Thursday. Uh, USA went up 4-1. Um, Friday, they also won 4-1. Um, so it had an 8-2 lead after, after two days, and it was looking pretty, pretty bleak for the internationals. The, the interesting thing was is they were they were only a couple holes away from making a run and making it you know even the seven three six four range six and a half three and a half you know somewhere in that range um, and then they had a good uh, Saturday they tied two two and then they won the afternoon three to one so they made it eleven seven going into singles but that's where America was kind of at their best was the singles. Um, MVP of the of the uh, President's Cup. Any guesses? Max Homa. Dude not, was a monster. Not Max Homa. Dude was a monster. Jordan Spieth went five and zero. Yeah, good for. Spieth. I thought I thought you were gonna ride the the Justin Thomas train like you. Oh well, did. he lost. He he lost but, his uh, final. I'm, match. I'm I'm gonna say a few things about the President's Cup, and we'll let Carter say anything yeah. he's got, and Michael continue first. Billy Horschel, you look awful without a hat. That's the dumbest look in golf. I hate when people don't wear hats. It looks stupid. Did you hear why he wasn't wearing a hat? Well, you look like you should be in Happy Gilmore. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Did you hear why no, he wasn't wearing, why a hat? wasn't wearing a hat? He wasn't wearing a hat because he wears a hat for his sponsors. But since this wasn't sponsored by anybody, then that's why he didn't wear a hat. Stupid. I didn't stupid. Like it either. It wasn't uh, a good look. Two, Max Homa, you're a freaking monster. Yeah, I love he's, you. He's, he's gonna be Captain America by the time he's done yep. with his with his golf career. Yep. Um, and it just, I mean, I didn't watch a whole lot because I just felt like the Americans were, you know, were gonna kick butt, and they pretty much did until Saturday. They made it, you know, the internationals made it a little interesting for Sunday. Uh, but it just looked like every time the internationals needed to kind of make a big putt to either get a point or just to save USA from getting a, you know, getting one up or two up or whatever, they just they didn't fall. So. 
Uh, I think USA was obviously they were heavily favored, and I think they did exactly what they were going to do. I love Kisner saying that he was on his on the team to party and bring a little bit of life. Yeah. Uh, he said he contributed a full point just by drinking and stuff like that. So love kids for that, but I think USA did exactly what they were supposed to do. Yeah, uh, they like I said they they. Sometimes it's difficult going in with that type of pressure because you have to, you you have to, you know, you, everybody's going after you. Basically, you're you're the ones that are supposed to win. You have that added pressure. Um, but they, you know, they answered the bell and they did what they needed to do. I I love team events when it's like when you represent your country. I'll, I'll watch it for anything, whether it's golf, basketball. Um, what was I gonna say? What was it? soccer? Obviously, I love watching. Countries. I'll even watch a little bit of Olympic volleyball when it's USA. I can't stand volleyball. I think it's just a dumb sport, but uh, I will watch it when Team USA. I just think representing your country is so cool. So I think the Ryder Cup's obviously a bigger, a lot bigger than this, but it, it's still a cool event. And uh, Carter, the best golfer out of us three. Uh, you got any thoughts on the Presidents Cup here? Yeah. So, so first thing I want to say is uh, I looked this up tonight. That's twelve out of fourteen Presidents Cup for the United States. Yep. Oh, absolutely dominant there. One tie and one loss. Yeah. On the west side is obviously Speed five and all, phenomenal. Homa, uh, he was four and all uh, as a rookie, and I believe in these team events. Yep. And then one one kind of head scratcher for me was Scotty Scheffler going all three and one. <laughs> I mean, after that meltdown at the Tour Championship, you wonder if his his heart just wasn't in it or. Maybe he lost a little swagger after that event. I don't know. Um, and then just one more quick thing to add is the United States with Spieth and Thomas together and Canley and Shawley. Yep. I mean, those two they, are really good. Too. Those those guys going out together, I feel like they're going to dominate for it for another ten years together with those pairs. I mean, uh, Thomas and Spieth didn't lose, and I think Canley and Shawley lost maybe a one-off match. Yeah, I believe it was. I think it was to the the Kim brothers, Siwoo and Tom, uh, but but no, I mean I think I think the, the, the American golf is in good hands with these guys. It was it was pretty cool to see. Um, one guy from the internationals I just want to talk about is Tom Kim. Yep. He was doing three in the event, but but the dude's twenty years old. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was pretty cool to see. I mean, younger Trace and I going out there and playing <laughs> at a big event like this. On the opposing team's soil, I mean that that takes a lot out of a uh, lot of nerves. And I can't, out there and I yeah, I can't even perform in a six-man scramble at Farview. I mean, it's <laughs> right. it's impressive. Yeah, but no, Tom Kim, Tom Kim looked like he's going to be a player for some years to come. So yeah, on Saturday, a couple things on that. On Saturday, they were interviewing him after he won. He he made a putt to win one of the matches and. They asked him about, you know, being there and, and you know, nerves. And he goes, this is what I wanted. And for somebody to, to come out and say, like, obviously people come out and say those types of things. Um, but you could tell in the middle of the session, in the middle of the run, that, 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 is, that is what he's looked forward to. That's, that is the spot that he wants. So that, that I think is pretty awesome that, yeah. you know, that type of pressure. And again, it's kind of like, you don't know any better. You're too young. You don't, it's your first time. You don't know how big of a stage it is. You're just doing what you do. You play golf. That's what you do. Um, so I yeah. thought that was really cool. Like, obviously, 
you know, I was rooting for the Americans, but uh, he's, he's a fun guy to watch, and I, I enjoyed watching him. And, yeah, you know, sometimes the, um, you know, him getting excited and things like that when they're going against your team, you don't love that. But it's kind of like Rory in the Ryder Cup. Like, you don't like him that week. I don't give but a you, shit. I, but I, I you, love it. But, I, you know what I mean? but you like Rory yeah. Mack, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then another cool thing um, I wanted to say about Max Homa, I, I couldn't find the quote, um, but he did come out and say after he made the – um, the putt on 17 on Saturday, or so it was Friday, it was Friday. makes a putt on 17 um, to go one up. It was an awesome, then awesome he, moment. Th- then he makes a putt on 18 after somebody had just made a putt against him to, he had to make the putt to win by one, one up. And he does, and he said he was talking to his wife, and he said when we talk about money yeah. and and um, you know things that money can't buy. This is that feeling. This is that feeling that money can't buy. And he said, "I will tell anybody who wants to listen." So I just thought that was a cool way, like another little slight against uh, Liv. I feel, but also just like like that's that's how excited he was. They you you could tell the Americans wanted to be there, and even the internationals they wanted to be there too. Like these twenty four guys were all PGA Tour guys. And I think it was an awesome display of that. Yeah, uh, the, you know, the, the pundits that say golf is boring and, and all that, they, they've definitely never watched President's or Ryder's Cup. I love it just because there's a different sort of atmosphere. It's match, um, match play is amazing. My, my last question on this, how different, are the results different if Liv isn't a thing and you have the Cameron Smiths and, and the guys who left? It, is the result different for the President's Cup that the, the world team or international team win? Cutter, what do you think? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, you you look the the, the Americans. Um, they can add back Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Deshambel. Uh, I mean, to Bryson ain't making my cut. I'm taking Kisner over Bryson. <laughs> yep. Um, or I, I mean, on the on the international side, I think obviously the one the one big guy you look at is Cam Smith. Um, but other than that, I, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a ton that they're missing. Is there uh, Mark Leishman? Joaquin Neiman, yeah. I, I think, would have been. It was Abra- definitely Abraham on that. Abraham Answer would have been on that squad. But I'm I think still... that probably knocks those two Canadians out. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the Koreans are still there. But, yeah, yeah. Cam Smith, obviously, number two player in the world is there. But, like you said, the United States is going to be there. And remember, the United States was without Will Zalatoris, who had just won his first event and was playing amazing golf, and he got injured. So, I mean... I, and, and Daniel Berger from the Ryder Cup, he was out injured. I injured as well, yeah. Yeah, and he's been on a President's Cup and a Ryder Cup. So, yeah, um... I would have, I, guys. I would have loved, loved, loved to see, been a little fly on the wall and see what uh, DJ and Brooksy were up to this week to see if they were tuning <laughs> in or see if they were giving it a, a blind eye. I would have loved to see um, what was going on with them. Honestly, I don't think those two care so much. I think Dawson does. I don't think Brooks does. I, I or even think. Ambo, you could throw in that pool. Yeah. Yeah, or how about how about Patrick Reed, Mr. Bryson, Captain America? Bryson can stick to a driving range for all I care and try to hit as far oh, as he can. Man. The scientist. He, just real quick, real quick. <laughs> I, I sent this in the chat. Carter, I sent this to you. Did you see Bryson getting his eye poked out and possibly <laughs> had to go to the emergency was... room because he walked into a, a rope uh, at one of the events? 
Such a bad look. I'm like, dude, you're you're all about power and speed and strength and dude, oh god, my eye, the fuck, man. like. I just I saw, I saw so many memes. It was like, "Live can't afford volunteers because I paid the players too much" or something <laughs> like that. And, but uh, it's just it's a really bad look, Bryson. It's a really bad look. And this is coming from a podcast in little old Wisconsin, but it's a really bad look. Yeah, so that uh, that kind of wraps up our Presence Cup, unless anybody's Grace, got anything else. Grace, I want to add one more thing. Yeah, go for it. The golf. So I was, I was on Twitter this morning, and uh, your boy Max Holman, he tweeted out, and it was only a couple words, but it was a great tweet. He said, update. I am unwell, and this was at about 7.30 this morning, and Justin Thomas commented on it and said retweet, so I think those American boys were partying hard. Oh, yeah. I think they, oh, they yeah. should have taken Kevin Kisner in that tweet, because he's probably the one who got them all screwed up. Yep. But, uh, yep. Xander's yeah, a partier. They, they represented American golf very well this week, so. Yeah, yeah it was good, awesome. Good for them, and uh, Carter, who is your favorite golfer? I think I know, but who is it? Well, my, you know my dad's a big lefty fan. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I really have a favorite. I I really like to see um, Scotty come up this year. That was really cool. Um, but as far as as far as modeling my game and someone I would love to play like Colin Morikawa. I mean that dude. Yeah. Has smooth swing. He strikes it perfect. Um, so I try to emulate little things in my game with him because I mean that. Dude, He's a stud. So. See, I was going to guess Spieth. I felt like a couple years ago you were a big Spieth guy. That, that was my guess, but I could be yeah, wrong. I, I, I kind of ride the hype. I'm not going to lie. Whoever's, yeah. <laughs> whoever's the hype, I like to root for them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the fun thing with golf. All right, that is fair. At least you can admit it. I don't know you big lefty fans anymore, but um, I, I used to be. for him growing up. I, I don't have a problem with Phil Mickelson. He, we've talked about it. He's in the in the. The age group were... He just does shady stuff. He does. Well, he, well, I mean, yeah. But I have no problem with Phil the golfer. Right. But the the other stuff is kind of just like, all right, yeah, so let's, you know, let's channel it in a little bit. Yeah. But I, I, I've, I've always... When I had to choose between Phil and Tiger, I was a Phil fan. Is that because your dad is a big Tiger fan? Uh, no. I, I just liked Phil more. Okay. I think, I think <laughs> Phil was easier to root for. Phil to the point in his career, I think you were kind of going with Michael where... He was either going to go to the Champions Tour or live. I yeah, mean, yeah. He was getting to the point where he wasn't really able to compete with the young guns anymore. So right. Can you can you blame him? I don't no, think. no, and that's and that's the thing. He's the he's the he's the type of player that I'm like. That's fine. Live is for you. It's yep. not for the kids coming out of college. He, it's he, not. He for, might be pissed. All these people did come to live because now he can't even compete in the live tournaments. So. Yeah, he's still getting paid, so I don't think he cares. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, with with that, that kind of wraps up our golf for a while. I mean, probably till early spring uh, when some start, tournaments start coming around. Probably late February, early March, right? Oh, I'm watching. Uh, I mean, he, we're I'm not watching. We're, next we're not. Week. We're not talking about it. That's what I'm going to well, say. Well, I can be our, our no, golf we're, insider. We're not, well. we're not spending time on the... <laughs> if JT the wins... Web, the, the, web, the web.com's dark back tour... You event, know the web.com is I'm not well a aware. thing Exactly. Anymore. That's how much I care. All right. So golf is dead if, on if this JT podcast wins, for a little bit. If JT wins, we're talking about it on the The only podcast. kind of golf we're talking is 
putt putt when we go off here. So uh, that kind of that fall scramble season. So maybe we'll have some. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we have a fall scramble. Yeah. That's about it. It won't be any. It won't be any professional. But uh, yeah, that wraps up our golf season. I know some people like our golf talk on here. Some people don't. Some so people don't. for the people who don't, you're welcome. Uh, for the people who do, I'm sorry, but we'll move on here. We got college football. It was a bit another busy week. We're getting kind of into the meat and potatoes of the college football season. Uh, conference plays starting up here. Uh, just a couple of headlines from the college football week four that happened. Uh, Oklahoma dropped Kansas State. I was it. I believe it was at Oklahoma. It, it was. was. Uh, that is the 12th time since 1999 they've lost at home. I mean, they are ridiculous at home. Uh, some other headlines here. Georgia Tech fired Jeff Collins. He got the axe. Uh, yeah. He has definitely struggled there. Georgia Tech went from a Pretty consistent program to a program that has struggled. Uh, USC survived uh, the the Oregon State game that was not able to be watched on TV for anybody in the country because that makes any sense. That is asinine. You know that. But uh, you know we got Aaron Judge coming up for a home run right now, but we can't show the USC game. Uh, was it this week with the Herm Edwards stuff come out? Was that all this week where? His assistants were leaking information to the opposing team. Yep, so... Uh, Wait, what? That's yeah, awesome. Her, 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 we talked about it last podcast. He got yeah. fired, but then this week it came out uh, via The Athletic and some other reports that his assistant coaches were leaking information uh, <laughs> to other teams to get him fired. Unreal. That, that's classic. I mean... I, that's classic. And, and it's kind of sad because Herm Edwards does have a good reputation. Like he's a, Everybody likes him around, around the, football, uh, the football world, so... It is kind of sad that it comes to that point, but um, yeah, that, that's definitely crazy. And then we also got some, we'll talk a little bit about the Heisman frontrunners here and some just some stuff going on there. But first thing, Oklahoma dropping to Kansas State. Uh, our old friend Adrian Martinez, five total touchdowns in the game, four on the ground. Uh, Deuce Vaughn had over 100 yards. There was actually no turnovers in this game. Um, and that was kind of always the knock with Adrian Martinez. You saw the talent. You see he was a dual threat guy, but he just turned the ball over so much. And Kansas State was a team this year with Martinez coming in that were kind of like, okay, uh, you know, if he doesn't turn the ball over, they can be decent. They came off a bad loss from Tulane say, right before Oklahoma. Too. Um, yeah. You think they were definitely kind of looking towards the Oklahoma game, but good for Kansas State going into Norman and upsetting. They've had some success there too. Like it, maybe not winning games, but they've played Oklahoma, uh, it, you know, played them very, very tough. In Norman and in Manhattan, so they've played them really well. So, so good for them. Uh, Chris Klein, um, good good W for him. Uh, K State's a, a you know they're a decent program. Uh, they're not going to wow you really with anything. They're just going to play fundamental football and like you said, no turnovers in a game. And and some you know sometimes they have that. Uh, uh, Oklahoma's got that defense that sometimes just isn't there. You think they got it cleaned up with their new head coach, but it's still early. Obviously, it's not his recruits. So, um, you know, their quarterback situation, Oklahoma, isn't the best. But their quarterback didn't play bad this game. I mean, he had a decent game. Gabriel? Uh, yeah, he didn't throw any picks. They sure. said that, they said there were some balls that you definitely want back. but Yeah, it's, I mean, he scored 34 points. You definitely yeah, got to win that game, absolutely. right? Yeah. Um, Going, Carter, you got anything to say on that game or anything like that, or not really? Not, not much. 
gambling side of the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking at a number six team at home against an unranked old bar, Kansas State. So I unfortunately hit them on the live line and took a took a big loss. Well, you, but that's okay. You want to talk about a bad beat? I took Arkansas to finish out a parlay, and they missed it off the top of the goalpost. So uh, oh, yeah, God, that, that was. Brutal. We'll get into that because that was part of our picks from last week. We'll talk about that game. Oh, um, the just the interesting thing I want to talk about. Uh, Jeff Collins from Georgia Tech getting fired. They also fired the athletic director. Uh, he got axed as well. So, I mean, that you know, who's going to make the hiring? Mm-hmm. Who's going to make the hire? So that could be a little bit different. Um, and that's crazy, like, for Josh Pastner as the basketball coach there. Like, is that... <laughs> is he report to him? Yeah, like, is that... Some, is he worried about his job? That's the difficulty about being at a... I would say Georgia Tech is more of a football school than it well, is a and, basketball and, school. And Georgia Tech is kind of like the badge in the fact that it's a decent area for recruiting, but it's tough academically to get yeah. people in. Yeah. Um, in terms of candidates that they're kind of looking at, it, it's very close to kind of what we talked about with Arizona State. We The Bill O'Brien link is there. Um, Jamie Chadwell, the Coastal Carolina head coach, is there. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall is a guy they talked oh, about. Former Virginia and BYU. Virginia. Yep. Um, Tom Herman, we talked about him, Matt Rule, and then also Dan Mullen, another guy who's out. But uh, they're also looking at the the Georgia assistant, maybe uh, Del McGee. He's the running backs coach there. But somebody obviously who knows the area uh, coaching now, at Georgia. Now, Jeff Collins was the coach who at took them from the, the Paul Johnson area where they were running uh, triple option. And we're successful. And we're successful. For a long time. But it started to kind of fade out. Jeff Collins is his take. So when you're talking, I think it's his third year, possibly his fourth year there. I think it's his fourth, yeah. You, you're you're not only talking about taking a new program, you're completely, like, there couldn't be any um, different ends of the spectrum when you're taking a team that's in running triple option to a team that's running just their normal option. Just I mean, four years of recruiting, three years of recruiting, just to get the type of players. I mean, so that that was that was a difficult thing. It, it kind of seems like he was set up to fail. Ten and twenty-eight. Yeah, uh, over no, his coaching tenor, inherited a team that was seven and six. And I mean, here's to tell you how consistent Georgia Tech was: twenty bowl appearances in twenty-two years before he got there. So, was a program that was you know fairly they, they fairly were relevant. A niche. They um, were a niche. You know, played for an ACC championship once, uh, and then way back when they were they were competing for national championships in Notre Dame a long time ago. But Carter, you can get on in this. Still good program. Do you have any? Can you name two NFL wide receivers, big time wide receivers that came out of Georgia Tech during the triple threat option era? I have one. One. Well, yeah, I was just gonna say I know one. Uh, I I'm not sure if it was. Out of the triple option, but Megatron. Yeah. Megatron. Yep, that was yep. me, my guy. Yep. I feel like he just – Was Demarius Thomas it? He just yeah. passed away. Demarius, Demarius Thomas, Thomas is yep. also part of that. Um, where you're going out and getting this talent, and you're not even using them. Well, that's what I remember when Megatron was the number one pick, and they're like, well, you look at his stats, and they aren't even very good. But, I mean, the dude was – I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So you can't argue with it. But, yeah, well, I mean, it's just mean, another big – Power 5 program, though, that somebody gets fired and we're not even in November yet. I mean, not even in October. So just interesting. At least he wasn't fired walking off the field. That's They sure. handled it correctly. <laughs> Shout out to Arizona State. The athletic director had more job security at, at uh, Arizona State than Georgia Tech. It just reminds me of Scott Frost just sliding down the sliding down the, uh, the stairs, the railing on the stairs on his butt, just sliding down it. Fucking first day out, just having a ball, you know. 
paid me $15 million to, to fire me, kind of like uh, uh, Orgeron said, you know. Yep. Take, take my money. Yeah. Where, where, where's the door and when do you want me to leave? <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, the other thing going on here, uh, we talked about in the last podcast. I said I saw USC as a potential team to be that fourth team that gets in the playoff. They had a tough game at with Oregon State. Oregon State is a program that is getting better, and they're definitely not just a rollover like they've been in the past. And I believe they won 17-14 to 14 or something like that. And you like know this how? Because did you see any of the game? Oregon State? Yeah. Did you see any of the game? Well, I didn't did see the game, see? but I mean, I, did I you paid a, attention to Oregon did, State. Did you bit. have a possibility to see any of this game? No. Oh, no, okay. I was too busy watching Aaron Judge strike out Are or walk or something. Are you kidding me, ESPN? Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty pathetic. Well, just, I mean, Fox Sports didn't have it on. CBS, I mean, they're nobody. The, they're the number six team in, in the, the country. country. Doesn't make sense. And it's a 10 o'clock game. You don't have a lot of options. Duke and Kansas were on it's a West Coast so I didn't have the chance to watch it. Uh, my buddy, shout out to my buddy who has Spectrum. He let me watch it on his account. Um, what channel was it on? Pac-12 Network. Yep. YouTube TV is Caleb Williams looked atrocious until his last drive. Okay. I mean, I think it was like in the 40% range for completion percentage the entire game. Okay. And then the last drive, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was a prevent or what, uh, but... He was swinging it all over the place and looked like Caleb Williams of the old. So, and that's uh, that's kind of how he plays. It should I, be Badgers quarterback. Like I've, I've, you know, obviously there was a bit last year. I, I think it was the um, he came in Texas. He, he came in in the Texas game, Texas. but I think he played in the Kansas game, Oklahoma Kansas game, where he was awful for quarters, multiple quarters, and then just. All of a sudden, he like hits something. I mean, Lincoln Riley knows him. I, you right. know, no, they, I they work it. well I together. I just and you know the thing is with Lincoln Riley, just you can never tell if they're going to play defense or not. So yeah. I mean, I, if USC holds teams to under you know 24, 28 points, I'm feeling confident that they're going to win. Right. right. Um, and when you're clunkers, I mean, the Pac-12 has proven to be better this year than what we thought, but I still think that USC is the favorite. And if they win that Pac-12, going undefeated for sure. Or maybe one loss and win the Pac-12 championship, they they could be that fourth team because I, I think Oklahoma losing their up. I feel like they got to go undefeated. I, I do too. I mean, You're some gonna, crazy stuff you, have to happen. They will take two one-loss SEC teams um, if they have to. They'll take two Big Ten uh, teams if they have to. The problem is, is Michigan and Ohio State are both on the same side, so one of them's not winning the conference, well, and, it's and a, that's not going to be good. It's it's a TV show, so they're going to do whatever yeah. they can to get as many regions. Right. Uh, no, I get you it. Know. I, get I mean, that's why they're going to twelve teams. They want to get more viewers. Uh, but and then just looking at the last the last thing written down here, uh, just some hype. Some people around the Heisman. Uh, C.J. Stroud is the favorite right now for Ohio State. I mean, he looked really good against the Badgers, but. I mean, the Badgers against Ohio State is just never usually very good. Um, obviously, you have Young from Alabama. He won last year. He's got to do stuff spectacular to win again. Yeah. But two other guys that are starting to kind of rise up uh, and come out of nowhere, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Tennessee looks really good, and Hendon Hooker's a big reason for that. Yep. Um, and then also, if if the Rock Chuck Jayhawks keep no. coming. No, no I'm, it's I, not, no, not happening. Stop, though. I, it, it is being talked about that Jalen Daniels right now is – up in the Heisman conversation because they're playing well and he's playing well. I, yeah, I, I don't well, think it's going to happen, no, but it's not, I'm just telling you it's not that, that's what people are saying. You can't argue with other people what they're saying. No, no, no. 
Uh, they clearly don't know anything about college football if they're talking about him as a Heisman hopeful. Well, he's a hopeful. He's not going to win. He's not going to be invited to New York. No, but he's not. C.J. Stroud is the favorite right now, and then you obviously have Young, and then, I I mean, Hendon Hooker, if Tennessee keeps winning games, you could see it happen because they kind of have come from nowhere, and they like the story of that. Tennessee, though, if if Hendon Hooker keeps playing the way he's he's probably the front runner if – they win games because he is going to play against Alabama, against Georgia. Georgia. And then they have... There's another SEC team. Who's really good. Kentucky. Yes. Kentucky. Um, I think if Tennessee beats Kentucky, and they could... I mean, they have the weapons to beat Alabama. They could. Penn and Hooker will win the Heisman. Yes. I, they're not going to beat Georgia, but I think they could. I could see them beating Alabama, and I could see them beating Kentucky. Carter, what do you think about this? Do you think uh, Stetson Bennett should be in that conversation? I mean, he's not... He's not the the prototypical Heisman type player, but he's putting up the numbers. He's on the number one team in the country. Why not Stetson Bennett? You know, you know, you got a good point there, Michael. One name I wanted to throw out there too that just we're talking about, but Caleb Williams right now he's the number three guy um, as far as odds go. But I'm by no means a college expert here, but I, Georgia obviously they played. Uh, who did they play week one? Oregon, right? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even play them. They, they played the JV team. Yeah, it's just going to come down to the, the big games, how he looks. I mean, so far it's been tough. I think after the Oregon game, uh, they really didn't play anybody except for right. was it Kent State last week who gave them a, run, a little run for their money early on there. Scored the most points that the team's put up all year. But again, that's, Georgia, that's yeah. against Georgia's defense, and which I'm – I. George's defense is amazing, but Stetson Bennett did yep. just fine against Kent State. I can pull up his stats. I'm, and you know, sixteen right now. I'm seeing, so he's right up there with Hendon, him and Hendon Hooker have the same odds. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's 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 being looked at as well. Um, what's the what's the stud tight end they got there? Bowers is his Bowers. Name, right? Brock Bowers. Yeah. Eighty yard run right away in the first yep. play. But yeah, he's so he's different. He, 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 you know, yeah, uh, he's going to be a guy to watch in the NFL. I mean, he's going to be a stud. A non-quarterback to to look at. Uh, back to USC is Jordan Addison. Yeah. Um, electric. Uh, just he he is he is a, a difference maker at at the wide receiver position. Another guy I want to throw in as a non-quarterback is Blake Corum. I mean, he just went off this last week against, uh, was it Rutgers for Michigan? No, no. Uh, who did Michigan? Uh, Maryland. 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 Yep. yep, you're right, Maryland. But no, I think he was over 200 yards rushing. He yeah. Pretty much single-handedly lifted those guys to that win. So. Yeah, Michigan struggled. They, they struggled for a little bit. I think it was 17-13 to 13 at half or something like yeah. that. So Right. Um, off a few big runs there to, to get them over the hump. So Blake Corum, I, I think, is a guy you got to look at for sure. They have him at forty to one. I'm looking at it right now. Sure. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see him in that in that running. You know, I I think it's more exciting, obviously, in the Heisman when there when there is other guys who have chances other than quarterbacks, just because like it, you know, the the quarterback is the easiest position to choose, just because they get the ball every single time. They really. Their play, no matter what game it decides, if they win or lose the game. But when I you have other, when you have other guys like the Devonte Smith or you know running backs, it's it's just a little more fun because they don't get as many opportunities. So it's like they really made the best of their opportunity. Yeah, 
And that's just kind of how the game is. It's fun. It's it's spread. It's your MVPs are quarterbacks in the NFL, and your Heisman's are are uh, uh, quarterbacks in the in college. That's just kind of how it's been lately. I mean, like you said, you do have your you know Devonte Smith and, and types like that, but um, that's just kind of how it's how it's been lately. I mean, any other headlines or anything we're missing from from this week here or no? Uh, Talk about a bad beat. Oregon. Well, we'll, Washington. we'll, we'll, we'll oh. get into that. Oh, we, oh. we got to go down the list. Oh, okay. Picks, we'll get okay. into that. All right. Are, are we good to go into picks? Well, we're done with Heisman. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm done with Heisman. All right, so let's move on to our picks here from uh, from week four. Michael, if you just want to give a records update, what we were going into the week. So I was 9-8. and eight. Trace was 7-10 and 10 going into the week. Um, our first game was Baylor. Iowa State, Trace and I both took Baylor in that game. Uh, they did win, was it 31-24? Correct. I think it yep. got a little closer at yep. the end there. Yep. But, Iowa uh, State scored with like two minutes to go. Made it an interesting right, game a little bit. Right. But Baylor kind of controlled that game from the second they did. half. They um, did. You know, I'll talk about Baylor just because they're my team a little bit, but I... Blake Shapin looks really good. I mean, he has done everything. I've said it before. He's done everything that they've asked him to do. Um, but the the better and better that he looks, the better it is for Baylor because they they are really. We talked about it earlier. They don't have great skill positions. They are getting a uh, a running back from I can't remember his name. Uh, he's playing better. And I, mean, I think he had 85 yards and a touchdown this game. But Reese. Um, yep, Reese. But Shapin this game 19 to 26. That's a 73 percent completion percentage. 238 and three touchdowns. Against a very good defense. And, and it, Against a very good defense. Matt I mean, Campbell has made it really hard to go into Iowa State and win, too. They held Iowa to seven points. <laughs> right? Mean, yeah, Iowa State did. Yeah. Iowa State held Iowa to seven points. They no, I'm, I, I'm kidding. Uh, Iowa State is a very good defense, though. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, you know, I feel good about Baylor going forward here. They're up to 16 in the country. Um, the running back is Richard Reese. He's averaging six yards a carry right now. So Impressive. The, the, the running backs was kind of a question mark for them. Uh, but Dave Aranda's got to be happy with the offense. Then we've talked about before because Dave Aranda's a defensive-minded guy. They're always going to feel good about their defense. And right. They, you know, they just, they do all the little things well right now. And that's, that's helping them down the line. Carter, anything on the, on the Baylor Iowa State game? Nope, nothing there. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of following Baylor as a, Secondary fan because they're Trace's team this year, so okay. Kind of okay. Fun to watch. I think their only loss is at BYU in that really tough environment. Yeah, in an overtime game, nobody wanted to win. Yep. So and I think they're looking very strong here. Right and now. it was in altitude. Yeah. It's always yep. tough going to altitude. Yep. So late night game. Uh, next one was Clemson minus seven at Wake Forest. We both took Wake Forest. The second this game went into overtime, I knew we had won the bet. So I was very happy with that. Uh, Clemson did win 51-45. DJ Ungalalele. I think I just it's aced so, it, that. It's something. I think I just aced I that. It's different every time I say um, it. Very good game. 51-45. Uh, these defenses couldn't stop a nosebleed. But, uh, I just want to point out yeah. one thing here. I should get 1.5 wins out of this because I said it was going to be a shootout, and Michael said it's not going to be a shootout. <laughs> this game is going to be a 24-20 game, 28-24. I, I said it's going to be a shootout, and this, it flipping was. The second Wake started scoring touchdowns, I was like, shit, I'm in trouble. With Sam Hartman is a good quarterback. He is. He's he is. a very good um, quarterback. I just, 
Every game that Wake plays is going to be Clemson had just the defense, the vaunted defense. That's they were their secondaries got they problems. They were all over, like they were just it was slicing them like butter. It was wide open. Their all secondary the time. has it problems. Was crazy. It was crazy. I didn't get to see a lot of the game because um, I was watching more Presidents Cup, uh, but I was kind of following the score and then randomly, um, you know, just kind of checked in. But yeah, Clemson. Um, does win the game, but Wake Forest uh, does cover. Yeah, I mean, I watched a lot of this game. It was the first game I watched when I got home. Um, but Clemson has to feel good that DJ did look better because, I yes. mean, it, it has been a struggle for him. He's thrown yes. his 10th touchdown of the year. He only threw nine last year. So they got to feel better about him doing that. Uh, the running back didn't look as good. Uh, it's stayed. Shipley? Shipley, yeah. I mean, he, he had 20 they, for 104 well, touchdowns. They said he had one good run early, but just other than that, yeah. didn't do a whole lot. He did have a 53 yard. Yeah, so what, then 19 for 51, Yeah. Um, which isn't great, but Clemson's got to feel a little bit better that DJ looked better. I mean, that is a vaulted Wake Forest defense. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably have to give it up <laughs> 35 a game. Carter, did you watch any of this game? I did not. Just a little bit of scoreboard watching there. I did look up the box score and see that there were 11 Total passing touchdowns in that game, so that's yeah. a little crazy. But yeah, they were they were spreading it out. They definitely yeah. were spreading it out. Yep. Um, like I said, it, it's as a Clemson fan, it was good to see DJ um, start to start to play well and make some plays in that game. Uh, next one, we had Florida at Tennessee. Tennessee favored by eleven. Uh, Trace and I both took Florida. Um, Florida ended up keeping it close. Got got a little. It was Talk it was here. close here, here, early. Here's your first bad beat of the day. Here, if you took no, not for oh, us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you yeah, took yeah, uh, if you took Tennessee here, bad right. beat, bad beat. Right. But anyways, keep going. Yeah. So Florida, um, it was kind of back and forth a little bit at the beginning. Um, I think it was like 24-21 before two late or two touchdowns in the third quarter by. Uh, Tennessee to make this 31, 30, sorry, 38-21. Um, two late touchdowns for Florida. Also got an onside. Did you see that? Uh, they they had a Tennessee fan shaking had a, their boots a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he had like an onside, like, it was like a jump man type catch in it. It was awesome. But you can't advance that ball on the onside kick. Correct. Um, only, yeah, only for the defense. Right. But um, Tennessee did um, win the game. 38-33, but Florida uh, gets the cover. So, yeah, very we, good game. We talked about it a little bit before. Hen and Hooker's been really, really, really good for Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's all the way up to eight in the country now with this new AP, pools, AP poll. So, Heupel's the coach there, right? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he's he got them going there. And I got to say, Tennessee, when they have the checkered, checkerboard yeah. fans, it, it, it's sweet. Yeah. It, it's an awesome environment and good for Tennessee to be back. I've always kind of liked them a little bit, um, but – they're definitely playing well, and we talked about it a little before. They got some big games coming up later in the year, uh, but definitely a team that if they get two out of those three games, if they find a way to squeak one out against Alabama, uh, you know, that, that's a big win for the program, and I think they definitely have a chance at playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. Right, right. Carter, anything on this game? No, I, I got a buddy who's a big Florida fan, and I was kind of just against scoreboard watching, but I completely just shut it out of my mind when, it looked like Tennessee was going to run away with it. Yeah. And I got a text from him late in the game saying, hey, you should probably turn this back on. I'm like, for what? Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, I mean, I think they had the ball. There, there wasn't much time left, but they had a chance. I mean, 
So good for them for fighting back. And, you know, they always say good teams win, great teams cover. So good cover for you guys. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and Anthony Richardson had 453 yeah, passing. Yeah, he had over 500 total yards. Um, and just to – that Tennessee defense, a little, little it is. scared. Uh, w- one more thing, Tennessee does have a lot of weapons too. I mean, they have three receivers over 200 receiving yards, and uh, their top receiver was not in that game. Yes, yeah. uh, Cedric Cedric Tillman Tillman um, was, did not play last. But game. I mean, they have multiple guys who. I mean, their top one, two, three, their top four guys who who have all had five plus catches, average uh, over 14 yards a catch. Yeah. So they definitely have some weapons, and they have a decent running game. Um, Looks like Jalen Wright. I mean, he's averaging almost five yards a carry. He's got a couple touchdowns, four on the year, and they have another guy with four. So they're a balanced offense. It's just going to depend if they can. It's just going to depend if they can play defense in those big moments. Sure. And I mean, I mean Hypo being a first-year coach at an SEC school, there's going to be some pressure there that you probably haven't seen before either. Yep. Uh, next one was Oregon uh, at Washington State. Oregon favored by five and a half. I took Oregon. You took Washington. You took Washington State. The Cougs. Um, this game, so oh God, it got so wild at it, the end. Washington did. State had control for most of the game. Well, yeah, they did. They they hundred percent did. Um, Bo Nix threw a bad interception. Bad pick six. Bad pick six. Yards. And then yeah. he also got flagged on the play for a low block. Oh, okay. Which hurt them on the Which kickoff. So Bo Nix doing Bo Nix things. Yeah. So. So this game is crazy. Um, they were down, I want to say it was like 20 to 15. They being Oregon. Yeah, and yep. Oregon being down 20 to 15. Uh, when I say they, you know I'm talking about Oregon. That's my team. That's my de facto team this year. Um, then Washington State scored a touchdown made 27-15. And then Oregon uh, came back, um, had a couple nice uh, plays, a really crazy interception Yes. that – Looked like it was a fumble, but then I was like, there was no way they're the, calling this the, interception. The last minute of this game was pure insanity. It I didn't get was. to watch it because the Badgers were on. I decided to flip to that bludgeoning for whatever I, reason. I watched it. I finished this um, game out. So Oregon ends up taking the lead. Do they get a pick six? They got a pick six. They get a pick six, and they go up. I think it was a weird pick six, too. Like, yeah. it was on a screen, and some yeah, lineman it was jumped the, in, yeah, was linebacker. The, it was. The lineman... Uh, picked it off. Um, they go up forty. Was it forty-four, thirty, yeah. thirty-four? Yeah. Okay, so they go up. They go up ten, right? I'm thinking we got the cover. We're good to go. This is a, tr- a game that Trace picked one team. I picked the other. This was the only game where we where we chose different teams. I'm like, I'm gonna get them by one this week. Then they just throw this crazy ass. Uh, ball to um, the receiver, and he gets down to like the two yard line. It was tipped by a defender, and he still catches it. It was crazy, and then they end up scoring a touchdown with maybe it was like five a, it was seconds, two seconds left. Like it was just that was a that was a rough. All I'm gonna say is watch it. that right there is why I do not bet sports. The next one is why you don't bet either. But uh, all I'm gonna say is Washington State deserved to cover this game. Well, I mean... They deserve to cover it. They think, let the whole game. Yeah, but... Well, okay. They but, deserve to cover They didn't deserve to win, but they, they deserve to cover Like Carter just said, great teams win, good teams cover You said that they want, that they led the whole game. They basically well, did. They clearly didn't lead at the end because they lost. And they also didn't lead on the possession before it when they were up two scores. No, they deserve to cover 
So yeah. I, I don't know. Twenty looks like twenty nine points in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. And Bo yeah. Nix, you know, you had you you were making fun of the Bo play, but then Bo Nix ended up making some plays in There's that always game. gonna be a couple bonehead plays from Bo. Yeah, well, you can, if I could bet on that, I would. Because it's gonna happen every time. Bo the bonehead Bo Nick. Yeah. Like it's just that's what he does. But he ended up doing what he needed to do. Oregon got the win and it keeps him it keeps him in the Pac twelve. Uh, Pac-12 run, very difficult place to play. Washington State, Pullman, that place was electric. Yeah, and Washington State's proved they, they're good this year. I mean, they're not a bad team at all. Yeah, um, I remember us talking about the um, the wide receivers, uh, Demarius Thomas and um, Calvin Johnson, how they were used in offense. That Cam Cam Ward was slinging it all over the place. Uh, ran the wing tee, never threw the ball in high school. <laughs> And then, and then goes to Sam Houston State. See that like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Carter, did you, you pay attention to this game at all? I did not. Looks like over a thousand yards of offense. So <laughs> great, great fun game to watch. <laughs> not for not if you're a defensive fan, but uh, yeah. The the yeah. biggest thing about this game was it was it was just all up tempo all the time. And every time you look like. Oregon was was moving the ball inside the 10, inside the 20, had the pick six, moved the ball again. Then every time they had it, they just moved it. Like anytime they got down two scores, the next thing you know, it was back down to a one score game. So they were moving the ball. Um, was it a pretty Chip Kelly esque type of Oregon offense? You know, I don't even know who the offensive coordinator is. It's somebody new. Um, but there, there's some talent out there. Uh, there, there are some guys, uh, there's a, uh, Tony, Tony Ferguson, something Ferguson, uh, the wide receiver is playing really well for him. Um, let me look at his stats, what he had, uh, Franklin, Troy Franklin, he had, uh, five for 137 and a touchdown. Um, they had another guy with seven for 84 and another guy with five of 72. So they were getting some things done and they had two guys over 70 yards rushing. So. They they were moving the ball. Real quick, one thing we did forget: the old uh, old coach of Oregon, Mario Cristobal, had a hell of a week this week at Miami. We won't get deep into that. But Miami upset by Middle Tennessee. That, that um, wasn't. They weren't. They weren't upset. Well, they, they were just. Well, it's an upset, but they got. They, they were. Game. They were yeah. beaten. They yeah. were beaten bad. They were beaten bad. Next one was Arkansas versus Texas A and M. We both took Arkansas. Uh, Texas A&M was favored by two and a half. Um, it was a cover. We got that right? It was a cover. They lost by two. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so we I got this one right. Uh, this was a... No, you, you did it. You had it right. You had it right. Which one would we get wrong then? Well, you got this one wrong. Yeah, so so you were 6-0 and oh, and I was 5-1. and one. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, but anyways, this game... Really weird game. Uh, Arkansas had a fumble on the one-yard line that was ran back in a really weird play uh, for a Texas A&M touchdown. And then if you just put on the last seconds of the game, I've never seen a kick missed by off the top of the post. Uh, Carter, that was, did that you was see crazy. This? this was part of a parlay I had, and it cost me, I think I've only bet a dollar, but I would have won eight on the parlay. Everybody else covered. And then this <laughs> botches off, because I just did money line. Yeah. And this botches off the top of the pulse. I've never seen that. We probably won't see it again for 50 years. Yeah, I was actually watching this game, and that was brutal. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, 
spot explain it. It might even be worse with the double doink. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, that's just terrible. But like you said, Trace, that that play where they ran back the uh, the fumble for a touchdown was the turning point in the game. Obviously, um, I, KJ Jefferson was trying to do some sort of Cam Newton Superman yep. type stuff. Yeah. Both the three yard line and got the ball punched out. And, Heads up play by the A and M player to hand it off to his buddy to take it in for a touchdown. Yeah. But I mean, if you think Arkansas punches that in, it's twenty-one-seven with exactly three in the second quarter. It's a completely different ball game with that that big body KJ Jefferson running at you down two scores, and they got a really nice running back Raheem Sanders. He he looked pretty good in that game as well. So I mean, yeah, without that without that dive over the top, I think Arkansas. Wins that game. And wins it probably pretty yeah. easily. Well, and, and, agree. and yeah. we've talked about it on this podcast before. This is the difference between college and NFL. They don't punch it in in college nearly as much as you do see in the NFL. If they punch it in, like you said, Carter, that's, that's, you know, this is a huge turning point in the game. And it was a crazy play just for Texas and to run it back. But if they don't, if they punch that in, it's a completely different game. Arkansas probably wins. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely think Arkansas wins because if you're up two scores in that point, um, you're forcing Texas A&M to have to throw the ball more. I don't think that's how Texas A&M wants to play. They don't feel very good about their offense. Uh, 50, here's a stat. 54 carries as a team for 244 yards. <laughs> average 4.5 yards a carry. I mean, if you're A&M down two scores in the second half and you've got to stop the run that many times, good luck. Exactly, exactly. And after that play, before they ended up scoring, because this was 23-14, um, before they ended up scoring a touchdown, got a stop, and then drove it down again. Um, they they had nothing in the middle of this game. So if if they have that 14-point lead, keep running the ball, whereas they kind of felt they had to start throwing it a little bit more because they got down nine, like how Texas A&M would have been if they were down 21-7, it would have, uh, I think it, it changes the game even in that aspect as well. And if you looked, I don't know if I don't know if you guys watched the whole thing, but to get back in the game in the second half, they started running the ball again to have much success. Uh, but like you said, they got it seemed like they got impatient when they got down in the game, and that's what ended up costing them in the end because they were trying to throw it. And Arkansas looked like they just wanted to run it right down their throat and kind of got away from that for too long. Yeah. Well, and, and one last thing about this game, I believe at the end either Jefferson took a sack or there was a bad snap or something that kicked them a little farther back out of field goal snap. range. It was a bad snap. And it probably would have been like a, a 30, 33, 35-yarder, and then that bad snap happens, push back to 42. If it's not as far back, I mean, that yeah. kick doesn't go over the post. It's going right down the middle. So, And if that – okay, so if he gets two more two more feet on that – on the height on that ball, foot. and that goes over – and that goes over the – the post. It's good. In, in it, right? Like it's it, good because yeah. it didn't hit anything. So the refs just see that went over and went through. Right, right. It was – I've never seen a ball hit a crossbar that high up. Yeah, that and was come back. And That and was brutal. Was that as t- – That was a time, ro- time was over? No, I think there was like 20 seconds left. Okay. But that was a rope. Gotcha. I, I threw the Roku after that one. That one pissed Ooh, me off. There was a minute and a half left, but all the – It was over, yeah. Just feel on it. They could run the clock. Brutal. So yeah, we did. We definitely. Um, we still. Half. We still. We still covered in that one. I was wrong. I was by thinking half. we didn't. So yeah, Trace went six and zero. I went five and one. 
Um, and the last one was Wisconsin, Ohio State. Ohio State favored by 18 and a half. Um, All right, I'm going to go first. I don't much to say about this game. This is exactly how I thought it would go. I was, uh, was going to start it off with, this is exactly how I thought this game was going to go. <laughs> Clay Cundiff getting hurt was a big loss, for the, big loss for the Badgers. Really the only thing that you could hope for in these type of games is that nobody impactful yeah. gets hurt. And the last thing, ESPN, you need to do a better job at going after who your impact players are because Logan Brown was your impact player on the Badgers for the offense. Might literally be the worst five-star football player I've ever seen in my life. And but you literally put him in there because he's a five-star. That, exactly. That is pathetic. Because Do some more research. I don't care if you would put Graham Mertz up there. And That's he doesn't even awful. start. He only started because someone got someone hurt. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. I understand. Carter, what did you think about this game? Did you watch this one at all? I, I think I watched the first three drives for Ohio State. Yeah. And off because I'm like, this is a waste of my time. I mean, yeah. And it looked like men against boys in the, those first three drives for Ohio State. You knew there was no way that game was going to be close. And but the Badgers, when, you know, obviously their bread and butter is their run game. So when they fall behind by three scores, it's, it's not right. bad. I wasn't even so concerned about how Wisconsin's offense was playing. What worried me, which I I had a feeling was going to happen, but I was a, I was still surprised with the ease that Ohio State moved the ball against them. I, I, I felt like it was going to be a slow drip, like at some point it was going to happen, and they were going to get to 38, 41, something like that. Um, they scored touchdowns on the first four drives. Like, it, it, it happened pretty damn quickly. Um, and that, to me, is what shows you the difference between those two teams. I do think it was a bit of everything was going well for Ohio State, everything was going poorly for Wisconsin, and if roles were reversed, it would have been a close game if everything was going well for Wisconsin and not so much for Ohio State. But because of the way it went and the disparity with the talent, it just... It, it was and it was not good. it was not a fun watch. For Ohio State, they were without their best receiver, that Smith and Jibba. I yeah. Just, I mean, so I mean, you add another first round NFL receiver into that mix. Right. I mean, that could have been even more ugly. Yeah. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s out there with a freaking watch on. I mean, he's yeah. that's how concerned he was about that game. He's mm-hmm. he's got an Apple Watch on his wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They it just Ohio State's just on a different a different level. And I feel like sometimes, you know, Ohio State, when they play like Michigan, well, not, not so much Michigan State, but like Penn State, defensively, they kind of give them a, a, a difficult time uh, making uh, Ohio State work hard. I think that the difficulty for Wisconsin is they had young corners. They weren't playing press coverage. They were playing zone, and Stroud just picked them apart. Um, you know, I think that the way you have to keep up with that team is – Pressure those those um, wide receivers and hope you don't give up big plays. But good good luck. Um, that's why Ohio State's in that top three four conversation. Um, they're going to have a tough time with Michigan. Penn State always plays them tough, but they're just anybody in the West. There's no no competition uh, for Ohio State when Ohio State is playing well. All right, so to wrap up our, our picks here, again, I went 6-0, and all, a perfect week. I uh, should have threw that in a parlay. Um, but 
Uh, Michael went five and one. The people who sent in our picks, Cody Big Dog KSL fourteen bounces back with a five and one week. Uh, I don't I don't remember if he took a goose egg in NFL or college football, but either either way, last week was not a good week for Cody. He NFL. bounced NFL, NFL, but either way, did he bounced back with a five and one week? Pens, you went four and two, another solid week for you. Rob, his first week, the third Burrow. Uh, went two and four. He's not a big as big college football guy. He's more NFL. He's learning. He's learning. Two and four for Rob. Uh, what does that put us at for our for our totals on the year? Totals right now. I am at fourteen and nine. You were at thirteen and ten. Coming back. Coming yeah, back. thirteen and ten. So we got totals for everybody else, or Cody is six and five. Uh, and I don't have. A, I don't have. Pens is four and two. That was this week. That was this week. We added him up. It's somewhere in there. You should put it in the next page. We'll find it. Anyways, uh, Rob's two and four. I'll get Penn's total here real quick, but let's move on to this week. I think Cody's six and five and Penn's is six and five. Okay. All right. We'll we'll move on to this week here. What do we got for games? So real quick, we have Washington minus three and a half at UCLA. This is a Friday night game. This well, is uh, this is why the game was in here because it's a somewhat interesting Friday night game. Why not? Carter, uh, we'll let Carter lead us. Carter, yeah, what, what, do you do you, got? what are you thinking? Washington, UCLA at UCLA. I mean, probably could have. It's a Washington home game. Ten to fifteen thousand fans here, maybe. It's a Washington home game. Friday night in LA, Pasadena. Um, so, obviously, I, I don't know too much about these teams, but uh, I'm taking Washington minus three and a half. Um, their quarterback, uh, Pena, I don't know his name, something is the number one uh, number one in pass yards in the nation. So, anytime you got a guy that can back, get back there and swing it, uh, I like that. So, we'll take Washington. Do you, uh, do you know where he came from, Carter? Where he's a transfer out of? No, I don't. Indiana. When Indiana yeah. was really good a couple years ago, he was yep. their quarterback. COVID year. He was yep. their quarterback. Then he got injured. Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah, give me the Huskies. Yep. I, uh, I'm going to take the, the Huskies as well. Just a couple of my notes I have here. UCLA atmosphere is a thumbs down, uh, so I don't think that's much of a problem. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, UCLA in the Chip Kelly era has struggled to put full games together. They either start really strong and end bad, or they start slow and end good. Uh, so I think Washington is just a more complete football team, and I trust their defense more. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going with Washington as well. Um, they're kind of a surprise right now. They you know, they they've had um, they've had some tough years. They hired uh, Chris Peterson left. They got Jimmy Lake. Uh, Jimmy Lake was there like a year, maybe two, left, so now they have a new coach. Where, where did he go? He got fired. Okay. Yeah. So he, he didn't leave. No, no. He, he, <laughs> he got he, he got fired. He got axed. Because he was so bad. Um, so I feel like their coach was like Kalen, Kalen DeBoer or something, something right. like yeah. that. Um, Weird name. But um, UCLA, I just, they, they strike me as a team that um, is kind of just, Waiting for the Big Ten. They're a like, seven and five or eight and four team, probably. I don't even think they're in that range. Both teams are four and zero going into the year. You know, UCLA hasn't hasn't really tested themselves. No, I mean they did need a game winning field goal to beat South Alabama a couple weeks ago, yeah. and then celebrated like they won the national championship. <laughs> you know, you beat South Alabama at home in front of five thousand fans. 
you can't be celebrating like that. You got to act like you've been there, done that. Um, I I don't I don't like UCLA by any any bit. Um, I think Washington's a better team, and the, and they'll prove that. So I like Washington. Okay, so we're all taking Washington. Yes. Next one, we've got Illinois at Wisconsin. <clears throat> Wisconsin favored by seven and a half. What do you got, Trace? Uh, I will actually be at this game. Uh, I'm excited. I'm sorry. Shouldn't be shouldn't be too hot. I'm sorry. Um, but I'm going to take the Badgers minus seven and a half. I think they win by ten. I think it's going to be close for most of the game. Bielema knows the Badgers. Illinois run defense is kind of their strength defensively. They they only average giving up 87 yards a game. Um, and if this is going to happen, the pass passing game needs to be good for the Badgers. And I mean, other than the really other than the Ohio State, Mertz hasn't played bad all year. I think the Badgers want this one. They want to bounce back. Uh, I'm going to take the Badgers by ten. They're covering minus seven and a half. Carter, what do you think? Uh, I also got the Badgers minus seven and a half. Um, and I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to take a bonus pick here and throw in the under in this game. <laughs> uh, Chase Brown, running back for Illinois, number one in the country right now. With- 604 rushing yards, 6.4 yards per carry. And obviously, everybody knows Braylon Allen, dude's a tank, number five right now. So I think there's going to be a lot of handing off here. A lot of, I think the clock's going to be moving pretty quick. So I'm going to take Wisconsin minus seven and a half and a bonus pick of the under. What, what is the over under? I believe. Four, four, 44? 44. Yes. Yep. Okay. That's, that, I believe that's what it was. Okay. I, I can I can uh, I can buy into that. You can you don't have to sell very hard on on that one. I'll I'll buy into that. Yep, forty four. I see that as well. Um, I agree. I think I think Wisconsin is is you know this may be through red and white colored glasses. I still think they're a decent program. Um, yeah, you know the game against Washington State got away. They weren't beating. Ohio State like it, it just that they're they're in different categories right like Oregon and, and Georgia they're just in different spots it doesn't mean that Oregon's a bad team it's just they don't they can't play with Georgia and I think the same is with Wisconsin and um, the way that Illinois wants to play I feel like is a strength for Wisconsin yeah it's not going um, after the secondary exactly so um I, I do think Wisconsin covers in this game. I do see it as a I could very I could easily see a 27-17 game. Vegas that's probably cool. sees it as a 27-17 game in that range because that's 44 points right there. Um, so hopefully it's like 23-13, something like that, so the under hits. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Wisconsin does cover here 7.5 at home, too. Next one, we've got Kentucky at Ole Miss. Ole Miss minus seven. You can go first. You and for, and for those of you who don't know uh, college football, Ole Miss is just Mississippi. Yes. I yeah. have no idea why they call them Ole Miss. I don't know. It kind of pisses me off, actually. I like it. Hotty toddy. Okay, hotty toddy. You can lead us off. You haven't let us off yet. I, um, so Kentucky, uh, I believe, is number... Eight, seven, 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 seven in the country. Uh, where is Ole Miss? Twelve? Somewhere yes. in there? It's in the email. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Um, Ole Miss wants to run the football, 
which is kind of weird for Lane Kiffin because he it's wants a different, to. It's a different year from he last throws year. Everybody. But, yeah, but they are running the football more. I still think that Kentucky's defense is, is very good. Um, obviously, what they did to Florida. Um, so, I even though it's on the road, defense travels. Um, I think Ole Miss edges this game in the 27-24 range, but I like Kentucky uh, covering that. That seven point spread. All right. Well, we're gonna stick to the uh, stick to the just copying. I'm gonna take Kentucky plus seven as well. I think Ole Miss wins by three to seven. Could possibly be a push. Um, and the reason I'm taking that is the the Kentucky O line really struggles. We've talked about that before. They've already given up 16 sacks this year. They gave up four to Northern Illinois last week. Yeah. Uh, so I think Ole Miss wins. They get a late sack. Kentucky doesn't force a whole lot of turnovers. Um, and like you said, Ole Miss likes to run the ball. That's not really Kentucky's strength defensively. They've only last allowed one passing touchdown this year. Uh, I think a late sack, Ole Miss wins. Kentucky does cover, though. Guys, I also got Kentucky <laughs> plus seven. Um, just a simple fact that they've already been in a hostile environment in the swamp and, and came through and got a nice whip there against Florida. Uh, I think seven points is a lot for, like I said, a team that's already been on the road, got a nice whip. And the number seven team in the country, so I I think plus seven is a nice number for Kentucky there. Do you think Kentucky wins outright? Based on what you guys said, yes. <laughs> I don't know too much about these two teams, but um, yeah, I sure we'll go with Kentucky. All right, yeah, that works. Fire them up. That works. All right, next game, Michael. one is Oklahoma State at Baylor. Baylor favored by two and a half. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Baylor minus two and a half here with Trace's team. Um, it's Oklahoma State's first true road game. Um, and they, they've only, the only team that's worth noting that they've used Arizona State. And obviously, they're already they're fired their, their head coach. <laughs> yeah, they're going to say they're having their problems this year. So, first true big road game. Um, we know it's never tough going on, or never easy going on the road. And Baylor's coming off that big win at Iowa State, so I don't, two and a half is a great, great number for people who are betting numbers people. So uh, I'm going to lay the points, minus two and a half with Baylor. I'm actually going to go the other way, and I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Um, kind of a revenge spot in the Big 12 championship last year. Still the as I'm watching that play coming to the left side of the screen, I have no idea how that guy didn't get in the end zone. That running back, I have no idea how he didn't get in the end zone. I was so bummed out. I wanted to see that defense playing the playoff last year. Probably would have been killed, but whatever. I still would have liked to have seen it. Um, but I do think Oklahoma State in the revenge spot. Um, yes, Baylor has been more tested, but I also think that Baylor – by being more tested um, is is a bit of a uh, a body blow game, as they like to say. And, you know, you're playing that tough game against Iowa State. You've already had the game against BYU. I just, I think it, it you know, they need kind of that cupcake game, and they're not going to get it in Oklahoma State. So I'm taking Oklahoma State, and I'm getting two and a half in it. I'll take it. Give me the points. I'm going to ride with Carter on this one. I'm going to take my Baylor Bears. Uh, I talked earlier about how Blake Shapins looked really well. I think he delivers again. Uh, Oklahoma State has a good quarterback in Spencer Sanders. He started for four years or at least played a good amount in four years. But 
but I'm going to rock Baylor for the same reasons Carter did. Uh, they, they've played more, you know, they've had some more tests. Uh, Oklahoma State, they played Central Michigan, Arkansas, or Arizona State, and then Arkansas Pine Bluff. Not a big test. Going into Waco is tough. It's only two and a half points. I think Baylor can win by a field goal. Um, I'm going to take Baylor. Next one, we have Alabama uh, at Arkansas. Alabama favored by 16 and a half. I am going to take Bama. I'm going to learn my lesson from last year. I think last year Bama and uh, Arkansas played. It was a minus 18 Bama. I said Arkansas, no way. They lose by 18. I think they lost by 40. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take uh, Bama. Arkansas is coming off a tough loss. Bama's fixed some things since the Texas debacle. They killed Vandy last week. They also have a really good run defense. We know that Arkansas likes to run. I'm going to take Alabama 16 and a half. This is also the small spread Bama's going to have all year. Sure. You, th you think that you think they their spread in week six against Texas A&M will be will be smaller than that, or will be larger than this? Yeah, I think I think Arkansas. I, I think people know Arkansas better, and they kind of just lost yeah. in a crazy game. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I too am going to go with Bama. Um, that's a lot of or that's a lot of points. I just think the biggest thing is Arkansas's secondary is weak, and Alabama, they're like I said, their their receivers aren't what they've had in the past. But you still have a Heisman winning quarterback. Um, I, I I think Alabama covers this game uh, probably by twenty. All right, I'm excited here. I get to I get to be different, but <laughs> I honestly hate this line of sixteen and a half. So. As a, as a betting man, I might wait till later in the week to see if I can get it to 17 or maybe even 17 and a half. But at this, I'm still going to take Arkansas. I was just going to say, you're making a pick and you get 16 and a half. What are you doing? <laughs> right. I, I, that's such a bad number, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it anyway. Uh, Alabama, their last big road game, struggled against Texas. Obviously, they squeaked one out there. They had 15 penalties in that game in a hostile environment. So um, I think if Arkansas fans can show up and make it tough for them to play, I think 16 and a half is, is enough. Um, like Trace said, Arkansas is coming off a heartbreaker, but it's not hard to get fired up for Alabama. I mean, every team they're playing is giving them their best shot. So I think Arkansas is going to bounce back here and, I don't see any way they win the game, but I, I think uh, they're going to be great this week and get the cover. <laughs> gotcha. Just to rebuttal that real quick, a couple of things you said. Alabama isn't going to have 15 penalties again. Nick Saban is their coach. Um, I think Nick Saban has a little bit of the, uh, the 92 dream team in him, where the coach with Chuck Daly has the dream team lose to the college All-Stars. Week one, Chris Weber... Uh, Bobby Hurley, they, they end up losing to that team. Grant Hill, they, lo they lose to that team. Jordan wasn't playing a lot. Magic wasn't playing a lot. So I think what, and, and the reason why he did it was to show that that great talent, that they could lose those games. I think Saban is like, hey, we can lose. Figure your shit out and let's go. And that's why I think Alabama's going to pull the doors off this yeah, game. And I, I absolutely don't disagree with that. I kind of made my point about maybe wait for that extra half a point or point. But uh, 
because obviously 17 or 17 and a half looks a lot more appealing than 16 and a half, but I'll take the points. Let's go Razorbacks. <laughs> <laughs> woo pigs, right? Woo pig. Pig suey. Pig suey, yeah. Yeah, woo pig suey. Daly's got a legendary hat that just says pigs. Dude, I hate I'm like, how can you wear a hat that just says pigs on it? It's so stupid. But I get it, you know. Daly, he can do whatever he wants. That is true. And he was probably drunk while he was wearing it, so it's fine, right? Diet Cokes. It's just Diet Coke. Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, next one, we have NC State at Clemson. Clemson favored by six and a half. Is this the college game day? This is. Game day is at Clemson this week. Uh, one thing I'm going to put out there, this, we could be playing in a possible monsoon. With, uh, with the hurricane coming up around there, they, there's been talks that this game might even get moved. Uh, game day might not end up going there, but... Yeah, so I'll let you guys do the talk, take your picks considering that, but I know who I'm picking. Gotta like the weather games. Um, I like Clemson here. I like them with the cover. Um, you know, DJ's figuring something out. I'm not too impressed by NC State. And yeah, they got a better, their win against Texas Tech looks better. Um, you know, the East Carolina, I get it, it was week one. Uh, their their offense just really hasn't impressed a whole lot, and I really think Dabo is going to figure out uh, the defense. Um, the the secondary, even with the troubles, I don't think NC State has the ability to to uh, pick on it or take advantage of it. So I think I'm going Clemson here. Carter, go ahead. I got Clemson minus six and a half here as well. Um, you beat me to my Hurricane Ian uh, uh, <laughs> weather report. <laughs> yep, you beat me to it. So that, that's great research there, Trace. Um, Michael mentioned NC State at ECU. Only won by one point, obviously week one, but still a road game. Uh, never Going to Clemson is never easy. And I'm just going to call him DJU is hot. So I'm sticking with Clemson here, minus six and a half, but... But like Trace said, that that uh, hurricane weather could be interesting here. Uh, we're going to talk about an NFL game later, where there's also some Hurricane Ian news. But uh, yeah, go Clemson. Yeah, I had NC State picked earlier today, but I'm, I'm I switched to Clemson once I you know found out about the hurricane. Um, I think that Clemson is more fitted for this game. I think that uh, Devin Leary has. He's a good he's a good quarterback, but when in a game that's going to be ground and pound, I just I trust Clemson a lot more. Um, I think this is going to be more of a defensive game. And then what we talked about earlier, Clemson, you know, we've seen some holes in their defense, but it's in the secondary. So I think with a game that's not really going to be passing as much, I'm going to take Clemson minus six and a half as well. Okay, that's that's it for college football. All right, so that wraps up our picks, our college football. Uh, I don't think we're missing anything going on for the week. But, uh, hey, again, send us your picks. You can send it uh, to our email, twobrostalkinsports at gmail.com. You can send it to Mike and I. You can tweet at us, twobrotalkinsport. Uh, you can do that. You can send it that way. But whatever way you want to do it. Only thing is the college football, it's got to be in by Friday this week because we do have a Friday game on the slate. But uh, with that, we'll move on to the NFL.
NFL Week 3 is wrapping up as we speak. we got the Cowboys uh, leading the Giants 23-16. Graham Gano is doing what Graham Gano does, taking 50 yards for the Giants. Cooper Rush uh, is doing what Cooper Rush does. Cooper Rush is causing a, a quarterback that controversy, controversy. <laughs> according to Jerry Jones. Uh, but we'll, we'll recap Week 3 here real quick. Uh, Thursday night we had the Browns and the Steelers talk about a bad beat. Uh, that one was awful, so bad that FanDuel actually refunded all the Pat McAfee bets <laughs> that he recommended. He worked, they worked with Pat. Carter, did you and, see uh, that? It was such a bad. It was such a bad beat that they refunded everybody who did the super bet parlay with McAfee. Yeah, that's um, rough. We, we've talked about the Steelers before. We're not really sure, uh, you know, what they're doing with Trubisky. I'm going to put a thing out right now is for both of you guys, is Kenny Pickett the starter by their bye week? When is their bye week? I believe it's week nine. Nine. I mean, I think it really depends on where they're at in the division. Um, you know, obviously, the Bengals um, got off the schneid, got their win. Ravens are 2-1. and one. Browns are now 2-1. and one. Browns are going to be having... Uh, Deshaun come back week 12, right? Something like that. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Um, I don't, I don't see the Steelers uh, being competitive uh, in the division going forward. Uh, so I, I do. I think, I think Pickett, Trubisky. I, just, I don't know what you're getting. You're, they just, just need a guy to sling the ball around. Yeah. Like to pick it. I mean, he they, does they, that. They, they have, they have guys. They have weapons, yeah, we but, but Trubisky is not the guy there to... Not the answer. He's not there to... to he's not getting it to your weapons. Carter, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think about Pickett? I, I 100% agree. I don't think Pittsburgh's got a chance to win this division this year with Baltimore, Lamar, Lamar, real, and the Bengals are going to be tough, obviously, so I... And TJ's I, hurt? I mean... Week 9 might be pushing it a little bit, but I think you definitely see... Kenny Pickett this year, starting quarterback. All right, so uh, not much to say else other than that game. Uh, the next game here, we had the Saints and the Panthers. It was another kind of boring game, kind of what you would expect, I think, from these two teams. Jameis Winston's basically playing with a broken back. Uh, Michael Thomas got hurt in this game. Jarvis Landry got hurt in this game. One thing I'm going to say about the Saints, uh, daily fantasy, Chris Alave might be a guy you want to go after. He's starting to really play well. He's a rookie wide receiver, but we've seen a lot of success with rookie receivers. He's cheap. Um, he's going to have kind of a weird time this week where you might not be able to get him in all your lineups because he plays in the London game. We'll preview that later. But uh, it, the Panthers are riding the Baker experience. He got him a win this week. Uh, they're not using McCaffrey really the same way they have in the past. I, don't, I think that might be on purpose just to keep him on the field. Uh, but the Saints and Panthers aren't really two very exciting teams right now. How scary is it that last year Ohio State was rolling out Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba? Like, that's just... Harrison didn't even play? That's scary. That is scary talent. It just... It's crazy. Um, Baker got his W. I, I don't trust the Baker experience. But they, but they got a win. Um, so, you know, good for Carolina. Uh, Christian McCaffrey didn't do a whole lot. Well, actually, he had he ended up with 108. Um, a nice catch and scoop, or a nice catch and score by LaVisca Chenault. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not buying into the Panthers. 
Yeah, there's some there's some crazy stat out there with that rule where it's like they got to let up like 14 points or less to have a chance to win. <laughs> his record, and it's like in the NFL, that's tough to do. I I'd have to look it up, but from some weird number where if they don't if they only let up like 14 or 16 or less, they're they win in most of their games. But once teams get over that number, they're in trouble. So and that's tough to to hold teams to that week in and week out in the NFL. So you're saying their offense hasn't been very good with Matt Rule, rolling out uh, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Sam Darnold yeah, I, and Taylor Heineke. The person and, who took Christian McCaffrey number one overall, I'm not happy right now. So. All right, Michael's in that boat too. Uh, yeah. Next game moving on here, we got the Texans falling to the Bears in a last-second field goal, 23-20. to The NFC North leading Bears, by the way. Um, what do you think? Justin Fields? Why, why, why are they the NFC? Because they're, they're tied. They're, they're tied to first. Well, they're not leading. They're leading. The Packers, Vikings, and Bears are all leading. They're one. I don't go by tie breaks yet. We go in tie breaks in week 18. They're division leaders. Well, I, I don't know about that. They are. It's a I fact. Think, I think it would have to be Look Vikings that are it's division leaders if you, if you had to go do it. That Bears way. are 2 and 1. Yeah, Bears are 2 and 1. Um,. <laughs> You know, I go back to my comment from last week when we were kind of going over the uh, the DK buy and sell type players, and I said sell anybody on the Bears offense but Montgomery. Yeah, sell him now. So we can. So yeah. So he's hurt. Um, you know, now you can put Khalil Herbert in there, but um, I just what is what is the answer? What is what are they trying to do with Justin Fields? It's the same thing we okay. talked last week. He completed eight, pa- eight passes week one. He completed seven passes week two. And now eight passes again week three. I, I don't know as an NFL quarterback. Like, I'm not a, I, I can't, I don't have a stat in front of me. But I think it would be very difficult to find an NFL quarterback the first three weeks of the season. All three games did not complete ten passes. I mean, Ten passes. The, the, Bear, the Bears have failed Justin Fields in his game. And he's 8 for 17. Two picks, right? Two picks, 106 yards, and sacked five times. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've done an awful job developing him and giving him weapons. He has they're, no weapons. They're running the ball great, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's impressive. But when you're down 17 points to the Packers and you run the ball to, to score a touchdown, you're not going to win a lot of games you, you like that. You can't catch up that quick. They got away from the run early, and then once they – it just I, – I don't understand what what they're trying to do. It just doesn't make any sense, um, and Fields doesn't look good. Um, I don't know if it's the if it's coaching. I don't know if it's Fields himself. Um, I was talking with a, a Bears fan today. Um, he was saying Mooney looks, looks terrible. Like, it just doesn't look like – and I was like, well, is it because he's – now he's a number one, whereas last year he wasn't because all the – they were rolling coverage to Allen Robinson? Like, I don't understand what it is, but that offense is not good. Komet still doesn't look – I think he had – They just don't use him. He had two for 40 yards. It's just – it's what, what – what, I don't understand what it is. You know, this – they're basically a 1950s team. Like, yeah. they were good in the 1950s, but you can't, that's not – that's not – you know, present day. I don't know. What do you think, Carter? Yeah, I, I mean, it's tough to watch. I, I, I don't understand how you can win with eight completions in the game, but they managed to do it. Um, Justin Fields is ranked 32nd right now in passing yards with 
297 passing yards, so he's averaging just under 100 yeah, a game. that's 99 a game. Like, that's, you can't. That's all. Yeah. So, yeah, I, obviously they're 2-1, and one, but that'll change quick. I mean, if you can't throw the ball, you're, you're just simply not going to win in the NFL. So teams will figure them out. They'll continue to be the Bears. So, <laughs> if, you're, if you are a Bears fan listening to this, take a screenshot of the standings now because it ain't going to last. I, yeah, I just, I don't, it doesn't, it, literally their offensive approach just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not trying to be a Bears hater, which I which I am a Bears hater. Um, but it just, it, what's your plan? It just, it doesn't make sense to me. So that that's my that's my Bears chatter for the week. All right, moving on here, we got the Chiefs and the Colts. The Colts actually defeated the Chiefs 20-17. to 17. Uh, Was this a game we think that the Chiefs just struggled to kind of get up for? Was it the game that they overlooked in the next week? What do, what do we think about the Chiefs and the Colts this week? You know, sometimes there are teams that give quarterbacks uh, troubles. Um, Mahomes was 20-35, 262, one touchdown, one pick. He just really didn't, didn't do a whole lot. But here's the thing: if they have Harris or if they have uh, uh, Bucker, their kicker, I think they win this game. Bucker, yeah. So I don't like. Do you have to go out and get a kicker for for three weeks until he's back? You know what I mean? You can't be kicking with your backup safety. They he he missed. Let's see. He went one of two. He missed an extra point. That's a that's not their backup safety. That's a kicker they have. Oh, they. And, yep, Amendola, and as of today, he's gone already. So. Okay. Wasn't it? Were they was kicking their, with their back? Amendola was their punter. Was the, Okay, was their punter. Yeah, and they released him. It just, I don't know. You got you to gotta be able to have. Because Bucker got hurt week Because there was also a play where they ran a fake on, like, fourth and ten, where they were inside field goal range. Like, it, I, I don't know. I feel like it was just a, it was Mahomes and Bienemy got into it a little bit uh, in the first half. Yeah, he had to come in yeah. there. And I don't know. I think it was just a, a, a. I think there's things that can be fixed. Um, and it's just one of those games. Carter, you got anything else on the game? Not much to add there. I was going to mention the Mahomes and Bienemy stuff, but. Um, yeah, I think it's a good call on the kicker. I mean, Barker is one of the best in the league. And obviously they're not going to be faking it on fourth and ten in that situation. So I think it's a little bit of maybe the Chiefs not getting up, but the Colts, I mean, they needed to win bad. So. They did. They were backs were against the wall. Yep. Yep. And that's a terrible division this year. So I mean, that puts them right in the thick of things at one, one, and one. So first, uh, first to first to eight. First to eight, I think. Hey, you know, I can easily see the the. Jaguars oh, getting yeah. eleven Jakes and could, six right Jakes now. Jakes could win that. Maybe not eleven and six. That's a bit sarcasm. All right, moving on here. Then our first game that was part of our picks this week it was the Bills and the Dolphins. The Dolphins defeated the Bills twenty-one to nineteen. I believe the Bills were four and a half four point half. favorites. I believe I took the Bills. My we both, both, we the both Bills. took the Bills. Uh, the only thing that I really want to kind of start with is: Do you guys believe that Tua had a back injury or was it a head injury? I mean. When I heard about it, I, I can I can see it. I can see I, I heard he basically had a back injury. He went to the locker room, he came back out, and that play it kind of tweaked it. Now, having a lower back injury before, I can understand 
how he would react the way he did by tweaking his back. I mean, I, I think the NFL, when it comes to concussion protocols, is pretty much on the up and up after the lawsuits they've had to pay out. Um, I mean, they'll find out if it truly was something head injury-wise. Um, but I can see uh, the back, you know, being the problem, and and that's it, you know that he he's fine in the head, and it, it was truly his back. Carter, what do you think? think? Yeah, I mean, at first sight, when I first saw that video, I thought there was no way that Tua was coming back in the game, but he would like to hope the NFL is protecting their guys, so I'm going to believe him here, and hopefully they, they prove us right. I, I, I don't think there's any chance that it was a back. I don't get how guys stumbling and falling over and face playing. I mean, did you see how, he, how hard he hit his head on the turf? Though? I get it. I mean, there, I, I, there's, just, there's no way. I, I, I don't think it. it was close. I think it was 100% head injury. He might have passed and touched the test, but I don't think he should have went back in the I'm game. I'm just saying, if you've never had like a pinched nerve in your back or tweaked it or anything like a back spasm, if you've never had it, you don't realize the amount of – like the amount of pain that you can be in and how it, you kind of move in different ways, I guess you could say. I could just, when I'm told, when I was told it was his back, when I see it, I'm like, I, I can I can see it. That's all I'm saying. Man was stumbling and bubbling. Uh, I, I can see it. I mean, the other thing to look at this, uh, you know, the Bills, this was their first kind of, this was, this was their first loss. They had a tough game against, I mean, it was supposed to be tough against the Rams. Check. Who they play week two? I don't remember. Um, but you know, the bills went out there, Devin Singletary, worst start, worst sit on my fantasy team this week. I sat Devin Singletary. I started Tyler Boyd. Devin Singletary had the game of his life, had like 24 points, a touchdown. I believe he had nine catches. So, um, that was Boyd have a good game for you though, too. No, I didn't. No, I sat Tyler Boyd too. I started Gabe Davis over, uh, over Devin Singletary. It didn't work out. So that was my worst sit of the week in fantasy. Uh, I did love Ken Dorsey's reaction. After the game, yeah. that that was that was iconic. Well, they killed the tight. They killed the Titans on Monday night when Diggs went off. Yep. yep. One thing I want to add here, guys, that these stats are just absolutely mind blowing. Bills four hundred ninety five total yards. Dolphins two hundred twelve. Uh, the Bills ran ninety plays. The Dolphins ran thirty nine. Wow. Forty minutes time of possession. The Dolphins nineteen. I mean, if I'm sitting here looking at these stats, I've if my guess would be Bills won by 20-plus points. Yeah. They lost the game. I mean, that's just absolutely mind-boggling. Um, um, the team stats and the way the, the game ended up. So I think that was that was probably the craziest loss that line I've ever seen for an NFL team. So pretty crazy. Are either you guys worried, um, obviously not fantasy-wise, about Josh Allen, but about – the team and their ability to win the Super Bowl with make, having Josh Allen need to do so much for that team. Like, he's got weapons. I guess I'm talking more in the running game. I know we've talked about it, at, or Trace and I have, where they're doing a little bit too much design runs for Josh Allen. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Carter? Do you, do you, are, you, are you afraid of that at all? He's a big dude, obviously. He has to be smart, get down, and slide. Uh, I, I, I just don't carry. see him sliding uh, a lot. No, no, James Cook. I mean, I, they got some guys there that I think will start helping out a little more. And obviously, as the season goes on, Josh Allen will be banged up every week, but he'll be out there, and I, I think they'll be all right. 
okay. could be wrong, but okay. it only like like you said, it only takes one hit, one wrong hit here or there. Their Super Bowl chances go right down the drain. So, I mean, I would be more worried about their defense right now. They're a little banged up. Mike High went out for the rest of the year. Um, I mean, he's been a big-time impact player for a long time for them and even before when he was with the Packers. But their defense is a little banged up. Uh, we'll move on here. We're both 0-1 on the week. We'll uh, we'll let Carter talk mostly about this one. Uh, it was Minnesota and Detroit. Minnesota prevailed 28-24. What was the line on this one, Michael? This one was 7. Minus 7, Minnesota. We both took Minnesota. both took Minnesota. So we're both off to a hot start, 0-2. Carter, being our Vikings fan, unfortunately, go ahead and give us your thoughts on this game. Alright, well, this game was a swing of emotions, that's for sure. I'm not a fan of the Vikings' new defensive scheme, this shell coverage BS. They let up so many wide-open catches where guys catch the ball and have 10 to 15 yards of just getting their speed up the, up the speed to start running, and it's like there's nobody around. Um, the Lions went for on fourth down six times in this game. I believe they picked it up four. Um, so That could be tough. Yeah. I, I, I love their offense. I'm a big fan of KOC, but somebody needs to change on their defense. Otherwise, people are going to start picking them apart. And for a guy like Jared Goff, and then last week, you could, everyone saw Hurts just absolutely dismantle their defense. Yeah. So I'm worried about their defense as of now, uh, but I love Cousins. I'm, I'm just standing behind him here. He he stepped up big time in the fourth quarter and delivered when it mattered. Uh, those two throws to Osborne were perfect. And the, even though they got out of there with a big NFC North win, they're 2-1, so I'm happy, but a little bit worried about the defense. So we'll see. That's Ed Donatello-led defense, D-coordinator? Yes, I believe so. Yep. Our, uh, Packer our... D-coordinator in 2000-2003. Yeah, I mean, but from the Lions' point of view from this game, if you're Dan Campbell on fourth and four, your kicker's already messed up. I think it was a higher 40s field goal earlier in the game. You went for it on fourth down six times already. How do you not go for it on fourth and four? If you can pick up four yards, you ice the game and it's over. But sure. instead, he decides to run his kicker out there, he misses again, and then the rest is history with Cousins delivering those two passes to Osborne to win the game. I mean... If you go out there and go for it six times throughout the game and then you, you fold over and don't go for it in the end, he's already said it's, it was a terrible decision, blah, blah, blah. But as a Lions fan, I would be livid about that. As a Vikings fan, it was a gift that they ran their kicker out there on fourth and four. Yeah, because regardless, you're going to get the ball back. Are you... Are you high on the Lions as well? I mean, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. We think the Lions could be, you know, could be an eight nine win team and could cause some troubles in the in the NFC North and possibly, you know, knock not maybe not in the North but another playoff team out. Do you, do you like what the Lions are doing over there in Detroit? Yeah, yeah, obviously they came into Minnesota, which is, in my opinion, one of the tougher places to play, and they gave the Vikings a hell of a run for their money. So, yeah, I think Dan Campbell, other than that decision on fourth and four, he he coached a great game. Um, he was aggressive, which you like to see from a, a young, gritty team. Um, and they got that corner, Jeff Okuda, yeah, who, played, yeah. who played great defense on Justin Jefferson all Sunday afternoon. So, yeah, I, I definitely think they're on the, the up and up. But 
I mean, they have no rollover anymore. That's for sure. Yeah, they have talent. I mean, they I, you're talking about two decent running backs in Swift and Williams. You have Amon Ross St. Brown um, at wide receiver. Um, I believe they have another wide receiver that's that's talented. Obviously, they have a tight end, Hawkinson, that's talented. Yeah, I get I get Goff. You know, is not the the best quarterback, but he's a he's a number one overall draft pick. He's which, won before. He's I won mean, the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's been, you know what I mean. There, there's talent there. Um, I think in the end, you know, they they will be um, have a better record than than the Bears do. Uh, oh, that's easy. easily. I, I, would, um, I would bet my house I, on they're, that. They're they're a they're a they're one of those scary out teams that you just don't. Want. And and Green Bay will be playing them week eighteen, um, which could have playoff implications for Green Bay's seeding, um, you know, possibly or possibly some wild card um, implications for the Lions or possibly the Packers. So. Um, it, it, I, I think they're, I think they're a tough team. They're still missing some pieces, some things on defense, but they have some things there that Detroit. It, it, they're almost a fun watch. I mean, this has got to be the. I mean, just go ahead, Carter. I was just gonna say another thing to point about Detroit is that offensive line played phenomenal yep. against the Vikings. It's, it's they, a good offensive line. Could get any pressure all game with those two edge rushers, Darius Smith and Daniel Hunter. Well, I think they're two of the best in the game. They, I don't think they had a sack. I'm pretty sure they didn't have a sack all game. So their offensive line looks phenomenal too. So that's that's a huge, huge part for Detroit to have. And how yeah. long? How long in this game was uh, St. Brown hurt? Uh, he, he kind of. I think he rolled his ankle in the second-ish quarter, so a okay. good amount of time. But after he, that, he really struggled to get separation. I was just saying he, where he came Hicks, back. Hicks, Hicks batted down a ball, and their linebacker, George Hicks, batted down a ball one-on-one with St. Brown. And I mean, if, when he's healthy, he'd win that matchup 100% of the time. So yeah. him and Swift were both struggling to get through the game. So that definitely helped the Vikings get off the schneid. But I think with a healthy Swift and a healthy St. Brown, the Vikings lose that game. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, either way, this has got to be the most excited that Lions fans are in a long time. You, you, you definitely got some building pieces to build off of, and they'll keep going with Motor City Dan over there. Uh, next game we got here, the Ravens and the Patriots, 37-26. Uh, Mac Jones did get beat up in this game. I believe he has a high ankle sprain. We'll see how that affects uh, the Packer game this week, but then also just going forward. Who's the backup there? No clue. It might be Brian Hoyer, maybe. Yeah, um, they got that rookie, but I think it's Brian Hoyer. Yep, yeah, I think I think they resigned Brian Hoyer, but I mean the Ravens just kept doing what the Ravens do. They score a lot of points. Uh, Lamar Jackson plays really well in a contract year. Um, I, their secondary still isn't very good. I mean Mac Jones threw for over 300 yards, I believe, in this game or close to it. Uh, so it, fantasy wise, if you're going up against the Ravens for DraftKings or anything like that, I would take receivers against the Ravens. Quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah. Quarterbacks, definitely. We got anything else in this game? I mean, I didn't see a whole bunch of this game. Um, oh, I was, I was actually going to say I really didn't, didn't see a whole lot. Just Lamar was having some success. Um, I saw Andrews had a big game. Duvernay had a touchdown. Duvernay had a touchdown. Um, uh, Devonte Parker, I believe, had a decent game for the Patriots. Yeah. Um, I think he's kind of their, their official number one. Uh, for them, um, Nelson Aguilar, a tough fumble. 
again. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. That's what Nelson Aguilar does. He's home runner. He fumbles or something. Sure. I just I expected more defensively from the Patriots. You know, Bill Bell. You're talking about Bill Bell checking the page. I just I expected more defensively than than what they're giving right now. I don't know if it's just a a talent uh, factor. Um, I don't know. It just it just seems like New England is just meh. You know, just there's something's missing. Yeah, I think the one thing I was just going to say one word, and that's Lamar. The dude has been, I think he's two straight games over 100 yards rushing. Uh, two weeks ago, he had over 300 passing. This week, I think he had big twos and with four touchdowns. I mean, the dude is just absolutely putting that team on his back right now. So he's got to be the front runner for a very early season MVP. But, I mean, the guys aren't real. So that's all i got to say about Baltimore is Lamar. Yeah, and this was a pick'em game for us. It was minus three Baltimore. Michael and I both covered there, so we're one and two on the week. Uh, next game we got here, the Bengals and the Jets. The Bengals were trying to avoid an 0-3 start. Uh, only six teams in the history of the NFL since they started tracking this have made the playoffs after starting 0-3. So it was a big game for the Bengals. Um, I mean, the Jets kind of came back. The last team was the 0-8 Texans. Couldn't tell you. That's just a standard. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you who it was. But, um, I mean, the Jets did what the Jets did. Joe Flacco kind of came down to earth a little bit. Um, T. Higgins had a nice game, got hurt, had a touchdown called back. That was an amazing catch that I think you could argue was a catch as well. But uh, the Bengals did look a little bit better. Joe Mixon got banged up, but any thoughts on this game, boys? I think it's about time. You know, obviously they they needed to, you know, Cincinnati needed to figure out um, what was going on um, because, you know, Burrow has been on his butt quite a bit. Uh, under pressure quite a bit, was sacked twice, um, which is a better stat than what it has been before. Um, so I, that's kind of what, what I expected is that the, that the Bengals were uh, the better team and we're going to kind of start figuring some things out. Um, on the Jets side, Garrett Wilson, 6 for 60, had a long of 23, um, did get injured in that game, kind of took a hit in the back. Um, kind of like kidney area. Kind of whiplash a little bit. Whip, whip, yeah, whiplash a little bit from a hit. So I, I still think he's a talented wide receiver and like a a consistent play in DK. Um, but yeah, I, I that's kind of what I figured was going to happen in that game. Yeah, and just before, Carter, you, you say anything, another guy that I would consider going at in DK again, Brees Hall's consistently starting to get more looks. I would definitely, he's a cheaper option for a running back. I believe in the six six. 1,000 to 6,400 range. I would take a look at Brees Hall for this week if you can. If he has a good matchup, I don't know what his matchup is, but he's he started with only like eight points. He's got over 15 both weeks now. Yeah, they're using him out of the backfield. 11 targets for Brees Hall. That's, that's, that's impressive in the passing game. Uh, but, yeah, kind of add up what Michael was saying. Just it seems like the Bengals' success this year is going to be if they can protect Joe Burrow or, or if they can't protect Joe Burrow. I mean, Obviously, we saw in the playoffs last year they struggled to do it. They barely got through. But if they can keep Burrow upright, 275, three touchdowns, while we get stacked twice, the Bengals are going to be kind of what we expect them to be. But if he's on his butt, like Michael said, if it's one and two, they're going to struggle. So that offensive line, I think, is going to determine a lot of how successful they are this year. All right, well, moving on here, we have the next game, 24-22 Titans over the Raiders. The Raiders are 0-3. The Raiders were obviously a big team, talked about in the offseason, adding 
you know, Devontae Adams, uh, they hired Josh McDaniels, which a lot of people, and myself included, I think Rich Passaccia was probably the guy they should have went with for whatever reason. Uh, the owner just thought that, you He's know. now in Green Bay. Yeah, Rich Passaccia now in Green Bay, which their special teams playing well. Was that a trade, um, Devontae Adams for Rich Was that a straight-up trade? No. Oh, that uh, wasn't. It wasn't, okay. But either way, thought that he was too good for Passaccia for whatever reason who I mean, took them to a playoffs last year, had a chance to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals who got the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm not high in the Titans. I was definitely higher in the Raiders, but the Raiders are really struggling right now. Derek Carr is looking pretty average. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Raiders the Raiders are a struggle bus. Uh, Carter, I don't know. Did you see the meme? Um, it's uh, sent in our chat today. It's... Bradley Cooper from the Hangover, uh, one of the Hangover movies. I've only seen the first one, um, but basically it's him, uh, and the, the the meme is is it says Devonte Adams, um, his um, agent talking to the Green Bay Packers, and so um, it's basically him on the phone. It's like a little six second on the phone, and he's like, uh. We fucked up. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so perfect. I don't know what is going on there. I don't know if he's if Devonte Adams is just getting double teamed so much, or or what. Hunter Renfro was out. Okay, so some more balls needed to go to Devonte Adams. They didn't. They went to this Mac Collins. I get it. I understand it. But what, like. I don't understand why why they're not finding more ways, putting him in motion. You paid him you, all this money. You he, there was a way in Green Bay where you knew he was going to be double teamed all the time, and they still found ways to get him the ball. They're just not doing it, and they're losing close games. Like it's, I feel like it's all in their head right now, and this is kind of a breaking point. This could be a, a you know five win team. Or this, you know, they they turn around. But the problem is, is the division that they're in. I mean, yeah, we make fun of a Denver and their offense. We'll be getting to that. But, Denver's two and one. But they're still, but they're, you know, they're two and one. Like it's just, I, I don't know what I don't, and I don't know if it's a Josh McDaniels thing. I just I don't know. I don't get what it is, but it is not looking good in in, in Vegas right now. Yeah, seven seven for forty eight touchdowns the last two weeks. Obviously, the touchdowns are nice, but 48 yards in two weeks for Devontae Adams is pretty hard to battle if you're a Raiders fan. And, and, and seven for 48, he's getting less than seven yards a catch? Like, that's yep. – that's and he's he was one of the be- – He I should say – I'm not saying was. He's probably one of the best route runners in the game. Yep. You, you, yep. you can't find some more ways – like, I, I don't know if this is a McDaniels thing. I don't know well, if it's... Well, he's really like, good in open space, too. It's yeah. Like, I mean, like, he makes guys miss. There was a play week one where it was he, he ran an amazing... Like, I just I feel like they're not getting good things up uh, open for him right now. Well, I think he realizes how much his buddy Aaron Green Bay meant to him. So, uh, yeah, uh, it'll and be interesting to see if he's able to... I'm sure you're fine he's out of the division, Carter. Go ahead. I'm sure you're fine that he's out. Out of the division? You're happy about that? Yeah, I am. A little bit. I was at the game week one against the Packers, and uh, whoever dropped the ball on the first play of the game, I, I had to yell out 
for the, all the Packer fans that Devontae would have caught that. So I'm <laughs> sure they were too thrilled to be right off the bat. But, sure. And you gotta, uh, it, felt, it felt really good to say it's a Viking fan. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, right? <laughs> right. All right, well, moving on here, we got the Eagles and the Commanders. Uh, Eagles kind of feel like went in the close mold in the second half. This game wasn't really ever a game. The Eagles' defense is really good. Uh, their secondary is really good. They Carter saw that in Week 2. Darius, um, Slay. Darius Slay. and just some other guys. But the, Jalen Hurts is the real deal. Uh, he got A.J. Brown involved. He got Devontae Smith involved. Uh, Devontae Smith involved. Uh, and then Dallas Goddard got some touches. So, I mean, the, the Eagles have a lot of weapons. Their defense is playing really well right now. They're 3-0. They honestly might be the best looking team in football right now. Yeah. Yeah. If we need an if we need an Eagles insider, I got one for us. If, if we need if we need one. Cool. Like his name's Addy. He's he'll he'll give us some Eagles talk. Um, for th- basically, um, you're not going to hear this very often on the podcast. Um, Trace will never do this, but I'm going to eat some crow right now. I've talked some Jalen Hurts shit lately. And I'm eating it because he is looking good. He is like the ball is just zipping out of his hand. Got me three and zero fantasy. As as those uh, as as the pundits like to say, dude can spin it. Yeah, he's throwing it well. He's got targets. Um, he's a cool story. Devonte Smith, play him. Uh, I had him sitting on my bench week one. Didn't do anything. Did you start him week one? Didn't start him week one, didn't start him week two, and he did something. So I put him back in week three, and dude balled out. So um, their their offense is humming right now. They, the running game is a little worrisome because Miles Sanders isn't doing so much, but they're throwing it really well I mean, right he now. had 50, 50 rushing yards, but when you have a quarterback who can run, that takes a little bit away he from can him. Take, he, yeah, he can take some running away from him, too. Carter, what'd you think? And when your quarterback throws for 340 yards and three touchdowns, I, I'm sure they're not too concerned about the running <laughs> game there in Philly. But, yeah, I mean, I, we saw it firsthand on Monday Night Football last week. Hurts was phenomenal. Um, now that he's got Devontae Smith involved, I mean, 22 targets for the, between the two of them. I mean, I, I think they're the best team in football right now after three weeks. But, yeah, it, Philly looks good. Yeah, they, they do. And their defense, I mean, D-line is impressive. Like you said, they got Slay in the in the, um, in the the secondary, who's who's very good. Um, they're, they're just a well-oiled machine right now. Looks like they sacked Wentz nine times. Yep, I did see that as well, that's, too. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah, so Philly looks good. Uh, next game, another team that looks really good right now is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They defeated the Chargers with a, a little banged-up Chargers, 38-10, uh, to 10, though. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looking more and more like the number one overall pick every day. Uh, James Robinson, we talked about him a little bit last week, looks really good. Christian Kirk, uh, they didn't target Evan Ingram as much, but he's been a good weapon for them this year. Uh, a DK guy you might want to play for cheap, 6400 this week. James Robinson, he's got a good matchup with Philly because Philly, I mean, they're – their strength is their pass defense um, when they're not facing a bad offensive line. As Carter just said, they had nine sacks. Uh, but they may look to run more because of that. Uh, he's or had, even out of the backfield. Correct. Out of the backfield. Yep. And he's had 17 carries the last two games, one touchdown every game this year. And he's had at least 15 points every game this year, which is really good for running backs because running backs have struggled in fantasy. Uh, I didn't see any of this game, but I think the Jaguars are a legit team. Uh, Doug Peterson has also tied Urban Meyer for the wins on the Jacksonville Jaguars wins list. There you go. Dougie P, uh, a 
uh, Packer, uh, Doug Peterson. So I, I think Jacksonville's looking good. Um, I think, you know, we, we talked about earlier, just having um, a new guy in there, in that program, in, in that organization who who you want to play for, that's going to account for some wins right there. Look at the fact that they don't have uh, Urban Meyer. Um, and, and Trevor Lawrence is starting to starting to look like he's understanding it. As they say, the game is slowing down for him right now. So um, I'm liking what Jacksonville's doing, and it's not just their offense. I mean, their defense has given up 10 points in two weeks to uh, the Chargers, albeit beat up, and then uh, shut out the Colts. So they're playing well. The last thing I do just want to point out, the only thing I'm worried about the Chargers is that they are beaten up. Bosa got hurt. Obviously, Keenan Allen has been hurt a little bit. Herbert's obviously hurt, so... They are being up. I think this is a good team and healthy, but you got the best availability is being on the field and being healthy. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to add here quick, you, you wonder the, what a terrible game plan from the Los Angeles game. I mean, Herbert comes in, baked up, and you look at their, their numbers here, they threw the ball 45 times and ran it 12. So if you're coming in with a baked up quarterback and your stud running back, Austin Eckler, goes four carries for five yards. So, yeah, Austin Eckler, I feel like you use more out of the backfield in the passing game. He's not still known four, more four as a carries, runner. really. I agree, but I mean, you you got to protect your quarterback. Yeah. You yeah. run it 12 times in a yeah. game. That's not, that's not helping your guy who has some banged up ribs. I mean, that's bad game planning. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch uh, really any of this game because it was the same time as the Packers Buccaneers game was going on. But. Um, you know, I, I think it's got a bit of, I did see that Jacksonville got up 17 nothing early, so it was a bit of just being behind, but but I, I totally agree with you, Carter. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're talking about um, the numbers and how the game went. Clearly, you got to figure out, I mean, they're doing it in Chicago, right? Down 17 and you still run the ball. Like, you can figure it out somehow. You got to, you know, you got to. You find your way, and, and like you said, even just using Eckler in the backfield as a receiver, yeah. like it just some there's yeah, not not the best of game plans. Um, the game clearly got away from them, and and it just yeah, what wasn't the right approach? And Chase Daniels just sitting on the bench collecting paychecks. Yeah, what ten uh, million or something yeah. like that. Diving football is Chase Daniels. Yep. <laughs> Uh, next game we got here, we got the Rams and the Cardinals. The Rams uh, going to 2-1, and one, defeating the Cardinals 20-12. to 12. Uh, For me, I mean, the, the Cardinals don't have a lot of weapons right now. We got into this a little bit in the last pod. Um, I mean, a good fantasy value right now is Dorch, the wide receiver. I got him for, I believe, 4000 this week. He got me, like, 13 points. So he's going to be cheap again just because they don't really have anybody else to throw to, but he's going to get some, some touches and stuff. Marquise Brown, Hollywood um, Brown, had, had 13 catches. But but still, I mean, Dorch for under 5K, getting you 13, 15 points, that's good. Yeah. They're going to have to force-feed people. Um, James Conner's still banged up. I, the Rams, it's Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup show. It is every week. Cam Akers is getting back in the end zone a little bit. He's out of the doghouse. But, again, I didn't watch any of this game. But, uh, you know, the Rams did what they had to do. They beat the Cardinals at the division team yep. at, at Arizona. What did you see, Carter? I mean – Seems like the Cardinals have been playing catch up here the last couple of weeks. I, my computer's been slow here, but I think Murray threw it 58 times. So again, I mean, 
you gotta you gotta establish the run game, man. I mean, yep. as much as this is a passing league, you can't have your quarterback that stand back there and throw it fifty-eight times and expect to win many games. So. Yeah, there's got to be some balance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what what um Kyler Murray for me, like yeah, he makes exciting plays and 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 everything, but I think as a, as a franchise quarterback. I don't, I don't buy into the Kyler Murray hype. Um, it's, it's just not for me. It's, it, I'm just, he doesn't do it for me. But what are your thoughts on uh, their coach, Cliff Kingsbury? Like, do you think he's on the hot seat? I, I would think he's got to be getting there. I mean, this whole spread it out, throw it a bunch of times. Is, uh, I don't know if that's the way of the NFL right now. I mean. Seems like teams were successful at running the football, um, mixing in the, you know, mixing in the play action. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't see it. Like I said, 58 times throw the football in a game, that's not going to get it done. So. Right. I like. I like what you were. I like what you were saying right there. Is I feel like you know the offense of of play style has to be, obviously more balanced. Where you got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to throw the ball. Play action. Uh, but it's not just shotgun and go. Like there's got to be some, you know, you know, single back, ace set, you know, two tight end type looks. Like there's different, you know, different spots. I feel like they're just oh, we're gonna go three, four wide, five wide, and just you know do this. And like eventually, when that when they get in the red zone, that the 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 field shrinks, and you just you can't you can't attack defense as well enough that way. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Right. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in Arizona for a team that was supposed to be pretty good this year. Not really seeing it yet. I mean, they obviously miss Hopkins, but uh, they get, I think they kind of just got to weather the storm right now. Um, and we'll, we'll see if they, you know, if they, if they play 500 balls, so they get Hopkins back, they probably feel like it's a win and they'll go from yeah. there and then we'll see what happens. I mean, it's a tough division too. I yep. mean, especially yeah. you're one and two Niners and that's still a, a difficult team to, to play. Yeah. You know, obviously you got the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, it's just, and then Seattle, I don't think Seattle's good, but they, they play it. Like, I just, They're well coached. Yeah, I, I think more and more that looks like uh, the Rams' division. Um, you know, it just, I, I don't see it in Arizona. Yeah. yeah, moving on here, we got the Falcons and the Seahawks. Uh, the Falcons defeated the Seahawks 27-23 in a game of teams we both don't think are very good. Uh, Kyle Pitts finally got involved in Atlanta. Uh, five catches for 87 yards. Still has not caught a touchdown on U.S. soil. Uh, we will get there one day, but not last Sunday. Uh, the Seahawks went out there. I believe I don't. I don't even know what DK did or anything like that. But I had a touchdown. Okay, had a touchdown. Five for sixty-four in score. So. Okay, so I mean, I mean, a decent game. Twenty-seven, twenty-three. Not a lot of. I mean, unless you're probably a fan of these teams, not one that many people pay attention to. I didn't see any of it. Um, and it's just kind of when is Marcus Mariota going to get uh, get botched so Desmond Ritter can kind of go around and see what happens there. Atlanta does have a really nice receiver, Drake London. Yes, yes. Drake London is very good. What do you guys think about Cordell Patterson? He's an interesting gadget guy. It's, it's just weird. I don't get it. It works. But he produces. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm never picking him in DK, but but he's producing. Yep. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't understand it. 
It's crazy that it took teams this long to figure out how to use them. I believe 140 yards and a touchdown on the ground. That's that's impressive these days. So, boy, the Vikings could have figured this out. I was just I was just gonna say, you being a Vikings fan, like his his, he was a number one pick for you, correct? And yeah, and you were using him as a returner. I mean, because he wasn't—I mean, he was not a good wide receiver. Like it just—I no. don't know if he just—he's still not a good wide catch receiver. Catch the damn ball or what? Like, but you give him the ball and you let him go, and he does his thing. Like he's good that way. It's just South Carolina, right? Tennessee, 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 Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Yep. it was SEC. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say on this game. We can move on here. Uh, we got the Packers in the box in a barn burner. Uh, 14 to 12 was was 14 to 6 for most of the way. Uh, I, w- I won't say a whole lot here. Um, I mean, the Packers did what they had to do. They they lost Jair. I thought Nixon came in and played really, really well for them. Uh, down one on the one. Pat O'Donnell might be the Packers' biggest offseason pickup. I mean, he's been really good for the Packers. Just and he's being flipping, paid by the Bears? Flip it, yeah, he's being paid he's by the Bears a little bit. Uh, but flipping field like position, um, I kind of talked about this earlier with someone else, but it seems like the, like this Packers offense right now with where they are, it's kind of like year one with before where it's like the first, you know, two, three drives where everything's scripted is really good. Yeah. And then after that, they struggle to make adjustments um, just because of, you know, the lack of weapons where teams can make adjustments and they have to find a way to make adjustments back. But, I mean, it should have been 21-12, I think, you know, Aaron Jones fumble, that, that wasn't his fault. He just got hit. But well, he got sandwiched by 350-pound yeah, grown-ass man. You're hitting, being hit at um, the goal line where you can't see him. Yeah, that was a – It is what it is. but you dropped him in coverage. You know, the, the Packers' defense prevailed. The, the two-point conversion hold was awesome. I mean, even if Campbell doesn't hit that ball, Savage is right there. He isn't, yeah. isn't getting that throw it's in. A but, tough, uh, it's a tough catch even if – Tampa, Tampa Bay's beat up right now. I love seeing old man Tom upset, breaking tablets, throwing his tantrums on the sidelines. But yeah. uh, I feel good about the Packers right now. But, I mean, the Buccaneers are just going to keep getting better. I don't know, you know, what it looks like for the Packers in terms of winning the division or the playoffs or anything like that. But they do have, you know, after they're going into New England with a hurt quarterback, um, I think it could be okay. Um, New England, it Yeah. Yeah, uh, so we don't know who's going to be starting there. I believe this was a game we both picked. I think I picked the Buccaneers. I think you picked we the Buccaneers. We both picked the Buccaneers. Okay, so we're 1-3 yeah. on the week. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, you can't complain about the Packers. Their defense played really well. Tampa's defense is really good, too. Yeah. Carter, did you watch any of this game? I mean, obviously you're not a Packer fan, so. I did. I mean, Tampa Bay's offense right now is very concerning. If you're yeah. a Bucs fan, I think. I think I was looking. They have one touchdown, offensive touchdown, in the first three weeks. Yeah. So, and another thing that just blew and, my and they mind got one with with what twenty seconds left? Was it less than that? Or fifteen? Something right, like that. And they got one last last you know last night with twenty seconds left. Oh yeah, yep, the last drive exactly. And one thing I just I could not believe and. My dad would say this too, but it's just the Packers' luck. <laughs> is how does Tom Brady, at 46 years old, 20 plus years in the league, how do you take a delay game on a two point conversion? It, it, it should have been twice, by the way, too, because it was a two point conversion. He did it on the first one, and if he doesn't take that, the one that they called, Fournette scores. I mean, exactly. he was in the end zone. He's trying to make a change the play, but it's like, Tom, like, it's more important to snap the ball because. You're struggling on offense all 
game and now you gotta go seven yards in one play yeah. to tie the game. Like, yeah. Well, hey, I mean, I mean, it was bizarre. Tommy's, I mean, especially after scoring the touchdown, like that's that's the thing. Like you've scored a touchdown, like get, get you you know you got to go for two. Yeah. Get the damn play in. And, and what they wanted to do too, they wanted to go for that right up like that. Yep, right, right. Like I hey, don't understand Tom, why. Tom is old. I mean, there was a game a couple years ago where he forgot it was fourth, fourth down. Down. He thought he got five downs. So yeah. he's had a lot of hits yeah. to the head. He throws his tantrums, and yeah. I mean, I love it. I respect Tom Brady, but I love watching him get oh, pissed yeah. off. It, yeah, there's there's nothing good greater. Time. Good time. You I, you just don't expect that to let him that big of a play of that game to take it away. Right. Yeah. Right. Crazy. I, you know, I think the way the game started, I think Green Bay came out and it really, like you said, Trace, had a great plan. Well, you like seeing Dobbs more involved. He had a really good game. Uh, yeah, Dobbs is legit. I, 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 you know, obviously from from where they're using him, um, I, I just think he's got some, he's got some wiggle to him. Like he's he's got some strength to him. Like I can see him being. A legitimate wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers going forward. Uh, Watson, obviously, still out on him. The, like, uh, just, the Jordan Love led Packers in yeah, the coming year. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, um, right. I, I, you know, I just as the game kept going on, the spaces just got tighter and tighter, and tighter. Um, you know, it's very concerning that you go zero for eight. During a, a stretch on third down, uh, I felt like that was kind of the rough thing. Like if Green Bay gets any first downs in that game and start getting that, they, that was the thing. They, they they were running no clock in the second half because they did not get a damn first down. Um, it just you know then you take the sack and get out of field goal range there. Like it's just. You know, I the defense played well. Rashawn Gary, I'm still saying it. Oh, he's so good. He's he's a top. He's he's gonna be in the running, in the running for defensive player of the year. I'm not saying he's winning it, but he's gonna be. He's gonna get some votes. Um, he is that good. Uh, I'd like to see Kenny Clark a little bit more. I think he's he, like he makes amazing plays, but then he shrinks a little bit. Yeah, but he's drawing you know double teams he is. a lot. I mean, he he's is. He is. He's going up against a lot. But somebody else has got to pick up the slack then. Um, Quay, Quay Quay Walker, little I don't know. It's a rookie. He's he a rookie. Is. He's playing like a rookie. He, is. he has he some is. good plays, and he has some plays like, "What the hell are you doing?" I would like to see you know obviously Jair uh, leaving the game hurt. You know is a bummer. Um, but I, I don't love the, the prevent defense in the last two minutes type thing. Like I, I'm so sick of that watching as much football as, as we all have. And we all seen it. I mean, Carter, you probably felt it. You knew they were coming down and scoring a touchdown there, or at least they were going to move the ball and get a chance. It's just, I don't know what it is. You see it every game and you just, teams tighten up and they just, they don't, they don't like you're afraid to give up the big play, but there was nobody out there for that Tampa Bay offense that scared you in going over the top. Like that that to me, like, yeah, if that's Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and and their normal roster of wide receivers, okay, I understand it. But it just who who the hell scares you out there? Yeah. I so. mean if the Packers play defense like they had the whole game. Tampa Bay once we even got halfway across the field, but it was like 
Brady just kept dinking and dunking, and eventually they scored, and it was like, they hadn't done that all game. I mean, they yeah. didn't even really come close all game until that last drive, because like you said, for whatever reason, those coaches love that prevent. I mean, they didn't let up the 80-yard touchdown, but they let up the small methodical 90-yard yeah. touchdown drive. But. And I think that is the... A lot of the times what the goals for those defenses are to, you know, keep it in front of you, waste clock, and then, you know, shrink the field and get a stop inside the 20s. And, you know, they just... But my point is, is let's say they do let up a 90-yard touchdown on the first or second play, okay? So even if they get the two, it's a tie game. Well, Rodgers gets the ball back. Okay. So let Rodgers go make a play now. And I think probably with the fact that Rodgers didn't have a first down until late in the fourth quarter in the second half, like maybe that had something to do with it. But I agree. I agree. Man, the man's the king of two minutes, Ron. Nobody, nobody on that offense scared you. So I feel like you can you can kick it into gear and press up. Now I get it; they were probably gassed, you know, quite a bit, but they did what they had to do. Wins a win, um, you know, tough place to win. Obviously, a difficult uh, game in the heat. in the heat, yeah, in the elements, uh, which they're not used to. So, I ain't apologizing for a W. Not at all. Not What's a Bears fan. Right? I'm not apologizing. <laughs> you'll, for a w. you'll take them whenever you can get them. Uh, our last game here. It was our last pick game of the week. It was the 49ers and Broncos Sunday Night Football. I believe we both took the 49ers minus one. Is that correct? Yes. So we both ended up one and four in the week. Not a great week in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Broncos defeated the 49ers eleven to ten. Was a very exciting game. Um, my take: 49ers Garoppolo is your first week kind of back in uh, riding the horse. It it was a little rough. I think it's going to get better for 49ers fans. I like seeing Brandon Ayuk getting a touchdown. Um, you know they they used Debo enough. It just there wasn't any explosive plays or anything like that. Kittle's first week back. Uh, the Broncos. I there's not. <sighs> They're a hard team to gauge, I think. Um, they're 2-1, and one, could be 0-3, but as we talked about at the start of this, um, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, even veterans, have a struggle learning a new system, and that's what Wilson's doing right now, and you're seeing how hard it is. Uh, but, yeah, 1-4 on the week. Let's see what our people did here. Uh, NFL picks Cody. Cody had the goose egg in NFL, was it? That was right last week. Last week? Last week. Bounce back with a three and two. Happy for you, Cody. Uh, Rob, the third row went three and two as well. And Pens, you went one and four, buddy. Sorry. Uh, so you got you got a little bit of work to do coming back this next week. But Cody, way to bounce back. Rob, great debut. Uh, Carter, Michael, anything else on the the Broncos 49ers game here? My biggest thing is is yeah, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, he just has to like stay out of his own way, like. He, the first two weeks, he had to come out and apologize for both games because he's just making dumb mistakes, just making errors. Um, I I don't get it. I feel like they hired him thinking that they were going to get Rodgers, didn't get Rodgers, and just stuck with him. Like I don't I don't know what the plan is with him. Um, Clearly, Wilson's not understanding it either. I will just say this. They did let Russ make a little more Russ plays and run around and kind of scramble a little bit this game. I do like that just for the fact that you're not, you know, you're not putting a collar around him as much. You're letting the, you know, the Pro Bowl quarterback do what he does. So I, don't I, I did tr- like that a little bit. I don't trust Russell Wilson. That's I a don't, dumb comment. I, I don't think he's 
um, a good player as in, in I think Russell Wilson is best used running the football and play action. I don't think you should be putting him in shotgun. Um, it's really just rollouts and play action. I Russell Wilson to me is not a top tier NFL quarterback anymore. All I've got to add is, as a Viking fan, I'm thrilled we got Kevin O'Connell and not Nathaniel Hackett. That's all I've got to say right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, that Broncos offense is hard to watch right now. They sure are. They, they, they definitely are. Yeah. Uh, the last game of the week was Cowboys-Giants. The Cowboys beat Giants 23-16. We won't talk about this game. Um, wasn't a very high-scoring game. There is a quarterback controversy in Dallas. That's all we're going to say. We'll move on to this week's picks. Uh, our first game of the week, we got Minnesota at New Orleans. But it is not at New Orleans. It is in London. Yeah. Uh, it is an 8.30 a.m. game. Carter will be up bright and early watching that one. The Vikings are favored two and a half. Carter, we will let you lead this one off for us. Well, I'm sure not too surprising for you guys. I'm taking the Vikings minus two and a half. Great number for them. Um, one thing to look for is Delvin Cook. He says he's going to play uh, with that shoulder injury, but worth noting that I think, he, I would assume he's got to be questionable. He got knocked out of the game, I think, in the third quarter, did come back. Um, one guy, the one guy that they really missed this last week was Harrison Smith, developed a concussion, uh, but he's going to be back and playing in London. So that's a huge boost for the Vikings defense. And the Saints just looked terrible last week, <laughs> to, put it, to put it nicely. Um, so, yeah, I think the Vikes on a neutral field, I'd much rather play them in London than Superdome, so I'm taking the Vikings minus two and a half. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I talked about earlier where Jameis is basically playing through a broken back right now. Uh, Kamara, I don't know if he's more focused on you know all the stuff that's going on off the field where he might be getting suspended by next year. Who knows? Um we said Thomas is hurt, Landry's hurt. It's going to be Olave pretty much, but I think the Vikings have better weapons. And then, like Carter said, with Harrison Smith coming back, it's probably better. And even if Delvin Cook doesn't play, Alexander Madison has proven that he can be a, a number one running back in the league. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so if Jameis goes out, is it? It's not Taysom Hill. Not Taysom Hill. No. Dennis so, Allen is done with that. So who? Who, who do we got then? Let's find out. Saints quarterbacks. Uh, we have Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket. Andy Dalton. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Oh, but the Red Rifle. Would you rather have Taysom Hill than Andy Dalton? No, I would rather have. No. I, I, I'm fine with Taysom Hill situationally, but he's no threat of a passer. Like, to me, he's a one-read guy. He's like... You, you better be open, and I'm throwing it to you. I'm staring you down. He's a bonus. Yeah. Like, he, he, I just, I don't, I don't love the Taysom Hill project when it comes. Now, goal line situation, fourth and short, third and short, shit like that. Like, that's fine. I'm, I'm cool with yep. that, you know, because he's a threat uh, to run the ball. But not 20 to 20, he, he's not, he's not doing that. Like, that's just, that's not you you have to do too many things well against an NFL defense uh, like that uh, playing that way. Um, they do. I think they have to start getting Alvin Kamara going in the in the passing game a lot more. That was something that Drew Brees did a wonderful job with him 
And I don't know if it's just Dennis Allen isn't running. Uh, you know, obviously Sean Payton um, isn't running those plays for him anymore. Like, I don't know what that what that thing is. So if, if Jameis isn't feeling great, um, you know, possibly could be out with any hit. Um, you know, it, it just... I, I think Minnesota is, is the safe pick. Um, two and a half, basically you win by a field goal, you're winning the bet. I like Minnesota. All right, what do we got for game two? Game two, we have Buffalo at Baltimore. Buffalo favored by three and a half. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo here. I talked earlier about how Baltimore's secondary is still pretty beat up. Uh, you don't have the guys that they want back there. Stephon Diggs could have a big game. Uh, we've seen Gabriel Davis have big games where he has, you know, five catches for 130 yards, two touchdowns. This could be a game for him. It's another week since being hurt. Um, we saw how much Devin Singletary got involved last week. I'm going to take Buffalo over Baltimore at Baltimore. I think this game's going to be a shootout. I think this game is probably looking at the over. Um, I would say especially if it's under – 55, probably taking the over on it. Um, let's see if we can find a line for that game. 51 and a half. Uh, I'm definitely plugging the over on that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Baltimore out, guys, but we just talked about Buffalo being out some defensive players too. So I think it's going to be a shootout. Um I'm getting three and a half at home. I like that. So that makes me lean toward Baltimore. I do think that Buffalo now has the, um, you know, a little bit of a monkey off their back. And and I think they're going to come out pissed. Um, but I, I still am going to take Baltimore in this game. Yeah. I, I, I think this line's flat out wrong in Baltimore. Um, I'm taking the points. Like Michael said, there's injuries in the Buffalo secondary. Obviously, the Ravens isn't great, but you got Lamar. He's elite. He's the he's the early front runner for MVP. He's showing he can carry him. So, give you the three and a half at home. I love it. Next, we have Jacksonville at Philadelphia. Philadelphia six and a half favorites. Uh, Jacksonville's won two in a row. Philadelphia's three and zero. Oh. Wow, that's a, that's a tough pick. I think I think I'm going Philadelphia here, um, just because we know a little bit more about them. I think they played tougher competition. I understand the Chargers we think are a decent team, but with a hobbled Herbert, um, an injured Bosa, just give me Philly. We'll ride it and you know kind of learn. I think we're going to learn something about both these teams uh, this week. But I'll take Philly. Uh, I don't think this is a very tough pick. I'm going to take Philly. Uh, Doug Peterson, obviously, the first time going back to Philly. So he can explain to Trevor Lawrence what about playing in Philly is like. But he's never going to know it until he actually experiences it. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a rough day in Philly. Uh, Philly is a really good secondary. We've seen that with Darius Slay. And um, it, Hassan Reddick is a good linebacker, edge rusher there. So I think that Philly's going to go out there. Jalen Hurts is going to continue to fall. Uh, he's right there with LeVar as the MVP candidate. Uh, I'm going to take Philly minus six and a half. I agree. I think this is a pretty easy pick. I'm at six and a half, Mark. I mean, 
The Vikings, who I would like to think are a better team than the Jags, just went in there and got absolutely rolled. So, and like Trace said, Doug Peterson's return to Philly. I mean, who knows? His head might be on other things. You never know. Um, I think Philly's going to smash him here. So, yeah, I think I think the moment's just a little bit too big for a young Jacksonville team. Yeah, yeah sure, exactly. Sure, that's it. I mean, the only thing about Philly is this is kind of coming out of nowhere, right? Like this isn't this isn't. I mean, a they team, were a playoff team last year. Yeah, but you know what I mean. This isn't a team like Buffalo that had all these expectations. Like we, you know, there weren't a lot of like everybody was smashing Cowboys um, to win this division. So this is kind of coming out of. I don't know. I feel like it's coming out of nowhere with Philly. Because you didn't know what you had in Hurts. Yeah, but then you trade for A.J. Brown. You trust that Devontae Smith, the former Heisman winner, is going to keep sending. He did. You have a good tight end in Dallas Goddard, who's a top 10 tight league. Like, he had weapons around him. It just turned out if he could turn into throwing. And Jalen Hurts has got better every he single has. year. He has. I agree with that. And, and this is bringing up haunting memories of the NFC Championship game a couple <laughs> years ago. Going to Philly is never easy, no matter what kind of team they have on the field. True. So, True. Like you said, Trevor Lawrence, I think Doug Peterson is going to have some horror stories to tell him about <laughs> what it's like to be in Philadelphia. So, I, yeah, I think the Eagles rolled here. And his horror stories were as a home as a home team, <laughs> not not the opposing exactly. team. Exactly. All right, all right, that's that's fine. That makes me the feel. Eagles fans are nice people, so <laughs> that that makes me feel better about my pick then. Uh, next one, we have New England at Green Bay. Green Bay favored by 11. Uh, so I would not rush to I would not rush to bet this one right now because yeah. we don't know if Mac Jones is going to play right. or not. High ankle sprains are very tough to kind of gauge. I, I'm going to guess that Jones doesn't play because, yeah. I mean, high ankle sprains are not – they can be worse than a broken ankle. So like, the they next, are painful. So it was either Hoyer or Bailey Zappi. And I'm pretty sure they're going Hoyer. Yeah, I would, I would believe that they're going to go Hoyer. I'm going to take – it's a lot of points, but the Packers are at home. You're going to be playing a backup quarterback. New England's defense, like we talked about before, isn't as good as it traditionally is. I think it's a 28-14, 28-10 game Packers. Um, okay. I just think with not having your starting quarterback – because I like Mac Jones, but I, I, I think that – they don't have a consistent running back. It's just we. It's just a weird. They don't have a consistent running back, but they do have. And, and I a think running that, game. In, it's it's running backs yes. by committee. That's but, how New England's always done. They're not a bad running team. No. They just always do a running back by and committee. And I think the Packers have a really good secondary, even without Jair. I mean, it's, obviously it's better with Jair, but I still think it's really good, and that's gonna cause trouble yeah. for the Patriots, even if Nikhil Harry does play, who is a nice player. Or is it Nikhil Harry or Jacoby Myers? I think it's Harry. I'm taking Green Bay Myers 10 and a half. I... That's 11. Sorry, Trace is giving me 11. Yeah, no, you said 11. I wrote down 10 and a half. I, I see it's now it's 10 and a half. But Trace gave me 11 today, so that's what we're writing off yeah. of. Okay, so I think there's no way Mac Jones plays in this game. Um, and a Green Bay defense who looked really good against Tom Brady. Um, you would sure think would look pretty good against Brian Hoyer. So I'm laying, I would even lay all the way up to 13 and a half in this game because I think the Packers would run away, going to run away with this game, especially at home. Okay. I'm going to agree. I'm going to pull out my card here, though, 
and say, all right, we're picking Monday night. If Jones plays, I can change my pick and go to the Patriots. No, at 11. No. You, I still no. get it at 11. No, it's in ink. It's, it's in, ink. in ink. If you write down your answer well, in ink, Well, I need to know who the starting quarterback is. Sorry. In ink. Sorry. All we right. both just said we don't think Mac Jones is going to play. All right. I'll go with that. I still think I'm going Packers, too, just for the simple fact that I don't know how you're moving the ball consistently, drive after drive after drive, with a backup quarterback against the Packers defense. I mean, Hoyer couldn't – like, obviously there's more receiving talent um, in New England than there was in Tampa Bay um, last weekend. But Green Bay at home um, – you know, you found a little something in Dobbs. Um, hopefully you can get Watson back to, you know, you got to get him on the field to, to give that guy some confidence. Not only get him some confidence, but get Rodgers some confidence in him as well. I think Green Bay's kind of figured out the MO of um, run the ball with Jones, run the ball with Dylan, throw the ball to Jones, throw the ball to Dylan. Like, I think they're kind of figuring that out a little bit. And, um, you know, Lazard has played well when they've needed him to. Um, I just, I want to see some more shots. Got a touchdown in five straight games. I, I want to see more shots. I want to see. Oh, the problem is, to... the problem is the guy that they're going to have shots to is on IR. Well, you know what? Well, Watkins and Watson. I get it, both of them. But you know, run. Give me something with Dobbs. Give me, give me him some looks to see. Like he, I get it. It was preseason, but he was beaten preseason court. Like, let's see what he can do. As a deep threat, I want to see that. But I still think I'm going Packers in this game um, just for the fact that if I do lose it, you guys lose it too. So I'm fine with that. All right, last game of the week, we go to Sunday night football. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs travel to Tampa Bay. Uh, They are favored by three and a half points. Um, Mike Evans is back for Tampa Bay in this game. What's the weather like? Tampa coming off a loss in Kansas City. Um, also coming off a loss. This is another game that is going to be, it could be moved because of Hurricane Ian. I believe Carter said it was Ian. Ian. Uh, yeah. They're actually practicing at the Dolphins facility this week right now. Okay. And then they are working, the NFL is working with local weather people to discuss if this game can be played at Tampa Bay. So um, I think I'm going to take, this is, this is a tough line. It is. I think I'm going to take Kansas City though. I think that Tampa's offense, even with Mike Evans back, is still struggling right now. Um, I mean, Godwin's not going to be back. They just – they don't – Tom Brady doesn't trust his line. That's a problem. His offensive line, that is a problem. I, I think this is a lower-scoring game again. I think a lot of Tampa Bay's games are going to be lower-scoring. I think the Chiefs win by 5-7. to seven. I, I think the, the thing that worries me about this is – you know, I got to give the three from KC on the road. And that Tampa Bay defense knows how to play um, knows how to play KC. They did it in the Super Bowl two years ago. And that, that KC team had Tyreek Hill. So that, to me, I just don't think there's enough weapons. Now, if you told me Evans and Godwin were playing... I would think about it, but as of right now, from the information I'm given, I think I gotta take Kansas City. I just trust Mahomes more. Um, I, I think Juju Smith Schuster is going to play a big role and have a big game. Um, so I'm going KC and Kelsey. 
I actually took Tampa Bay plus the points, but I changed my mind. <laughs> because <laughs> the Bucks offense is really struggling right now. Um, like I said, one touchdown in each of the first three games. And they're all, they're not home this week. I mean, as for a home game, you know, you're usually in your nice, cozy home with your family, and they're not. So I, I'm thinking their minds might be elsewhere this week with this hurricane coming yeah, through the camp area. And, you know, I, I think i got to take the Chiefs here. One thing to note, and this, this was just from a blog that I was reading earlier, but I saw that there's the, a potential move would be to Minnesota for this game. I thought that was kind of neat. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Because what was that, the... that whole East Coast is supposed to get hit, so okay. I have to move it. And they probably have to move it indoors yeah. or something like that yeah. if they're moving it yeah. to a... I saw Minnesota as a potential spot. It's obviously not the bridge and stone, but hmm. yeah, I think with, with the Tampa-based offense struggling and their minds might be elsewhere this week, give me the Chiefs. The Chiefs are pissed after last week, too, so yep. I think they come in for revenge here. Yeah, and the other thing you notice, Patrick Mahomes practices on Wednesdays. He's around his team on Wednesdays. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't get off, so I think that's an important thing in this factor. Uh, isn't there another? Isn't there another guy with Brady who's I off on Wednesdays? I, I thought know. it was some. I thought it was another teammate. I have no clue. I, I just know Brady's it. off. Um, yeah. Real quick, we'll wrap up our NFL uh, segment here. That was our Week Four picks. Just a couple guys you might want to consider uh, in DraftKings this week. Uh, one of the guys I have is Amari Cooper for sixty-three hundred. Uh, he has a favorable matchup against the Atlanta Falcons secondary. Back-to-back twenty-five point performances. Uh, he's also had ten plus targets. 100-yard receiving games and one touchdowns in the last two weeks. So Amari Cooper is really starting to become the number one there in Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett. Then the other guy I have is Jamal Williams, uh, another good matchup with Seattle. He's been the goal line back this year. He's just 6,100. Uh, he has four touchdowns on the year. And then Dan Campbell also came out and said this week that DeAndre Swift is probably going to be rested for the next couple weeks with a um, with his ankle and shoulder. So I would I would hit up Jamal Williams for sure. Carter, anybody that you're thinking of? Oh, I'm actually a FanDuel player. I don't play DraftKings. Oh, okay. A couple of names that came to mind on FanDuel was Gabe Davis against that terrible Baltimore secondary for 6.5K. I think that's a really nice pick. And like Michael said, probably it's going to be a shootout. Um, for running backs, I wrote down J.K. Dobbins at 5.8K. And this, this game could possibly be a shootout. Obviously, just coming back from injuries, but he had nine touches here. You would expect him to for his workload to get ramped up. So, in a shootout environment, that's always nice to have a pretty cheap starting running back there in Baltimore. And then I also wrote down uh, Eric Jones and AJ Dillon. I just think in that game, which uh, that I predicted not to be close, I think the Packers are just gonna pound it with those two guys and just and beat them down pretty good. So I think both of those guys are pretty solid plays at their price points. Over there on FanDuel. I know you guys are big DraftKings, but I didn't even look at their prices. So. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I and mean, they're pretty similar. They're yeah, yeah, I'll say they're, they're, yeah, they're similar. They're kind of in that range. Um, I like um, uh, 5,400 against Pittsburgh's defense, Garrett Wilson. I know we've talked about him. Is he healthy? Um, that's, that's, the, that's the question. I mean, he came back. Um, he had ribs. Uh, that's what he was out with, but he did return to the game. So I don't think you come back into the game 
to miss your next one. Um, so I like that. Um, and then I'm also like um, a little bit more expensive, but this could probably be your 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 top wide receiver, uh, C.D. Lamb against the Redskins or sorry, uh, Commanders. The football um, team. The football team. Um, I think Cooper Rush. Um, it's kind of figuring out what he needs to do. There's a quarterback controversy. Um, C.D. Lamb has shown that he's one of his targets, uh, biggest targets. Both, you know, I thought C.D. Lamb's stuff was or um, uh, action uh, was going to go down when when Dak Prescott went down. That really hasn't been the case. I don't think Cooper Rush is a bad quarterback. I mean. He's, he's not bad. Where did, like where, did, where did he go to college? No I looked it up today. Not Carter, do you know where he went to college? Really. He's a Chippewa. Oh, Central, Central Michigan. Michigan. He's a okay. Chippewa. No gotcha. Clue. Gotcha. So, yeah, so 6700 is expensive, but I think if that's the highest that you go. That's not that um, and I with, mean, I, I would consider playing Stefan Diggs at 8K this week. And and that um, that is a terrible Washington defense who just had hurt secondary all over yeah secondary who just threw all over Washington so if they don't get something fixed there um, watch out for CD Lamb this week yeah the the red the Commanders are on that look at the I'm saying now but the Commanders are on the <laughs> on the downward spiral the Carson Wentz roller coaster right now but yeah, yeah those are some guys that uh, we were looking at in DraftKings or FanDuel uh, anybody got anything else to wrap up the show here today. I apologize if this went as long as it no, did. I'll fix it. But this was it's this was be a right. lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I got I got one more thing to add real quick. Yeah, so go for it. There's some big news out of Cleveland today. I don't know if you guys saw it. I Miles did. Garrett was involved in a single car crash today. Yep. Um, they said they didn't expect drugs and alcohol are going to be in play, but that's something to watch out for. Anytime you see single car accident, it's usually it usually doesn't do great things, but hopefully he's okay and he'll be back on the field for your Browns fans. But it'll be something to maybe when this show comes out, we'll have more information. But as of now, it's kind of a question mark. So that's some big NFL news that might play out here in the next day or two. Yeah, we might have to uh, might have to text Alex Kajawa to figure out who's getting yeah. inside information for us. Um, but hey, I one more thing too. I don't know if you saw, but he was. Oh, he was? Yeah, that is that is awesome. But uh, Carter, it, it was a great time having you on today. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely do it in the future. Um, but it, it's fun to get in. It's fun to get a different take from it. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, I agree. just two babbling idiots brothers talking all the time. Sometimes it's nice to get somebody with a brain in here. Yep, I agree. No, I agree. Thanks, guys. I had a blast. This was three hours talking sports. You can't beat it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Awesome. But uh, we'll wrap up the show here today. Again, you can uh, email us your picks. You can send it to us, Snapchat. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Tubro Talking Sport. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family. We will talk to you later. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast. If you're looking for our NFL picks, a recap of Week 3, and our Week 4 picks, uh, go ahead and look at the next episode. We are releasing two episodes this week. Carter will be in that episode as well. We will recap the whole NFL uh, Week 3 results, and we will preview Week 4 as well, uh, as long as with some DraftKings and Daily Fantasy stuff. But 
thanks for listening and uh, definitely give us a like, give us a follow and check out our next episode focusing on the NFL.